store rumble two films enter one film leaves it is season two around here for the first time and hopefully not the last this is rodney this this person over here is josh this person over here is paul and this person over here is zanna that's right so zanna's back today i don't know if she has a lot to say but i thought i would mic her up just in case so tonight we are doing a couple documentaries. Now we've uh, we've seen some animated documentaries in Akira and Gust in the Shell. <laughs> we did another documentary called Soylent Green. Mm-hmm. So it's not not you know not super new subject material, but these are intended documentaries about two tortured musicians, The Devil and Daniel Johnson versus Tiny Tim King for a Day. But first, a quick update here. The format is a little different tonight. This is intended. Let us know if you like it or would prefer the old style. Another note here is I'm going, I'm doing away with the anchor ad for the time being. Oh no, the anchor ad. You're going to miss it so much, I'm sure. But so, so if you would like to support us, feel free to go to anchor and click the supports. Well, can't you just just tell me about anchor? No. (laughs) Well, yeah, let let me tell you about anchor. Actually, (laughs) the easiest way to make a podcast, as I understand. Um, <laughs> so uh, the the other thing is that you can also go to patreon.com slash rental store rumble. That's all one word uh, where I will hopefully be posting some exclusive content. Most likely this will be writings of some kind. So if I am your least favorite person on the podcast, it may not be worth it now. Well, you could always draw some uh, Captain America and ducks. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. <laughs> they we gotta... don't understand what that's about yet, Paul. <laughs> I don't know. We could start uh, putting... Paul's uh, movie illustrations up. That'd probably yeah. be good. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of Nazi Hydra ducks. No, not not this time. Not this time. <laughs> not <laughs> yet. <laughs> it's all you're going to be doing tonight. Just drawing Nazi He's going to forever ducks. be haunted by that now. I, mean, I know I drawings will might make more sense after watching this. So, our first movie is The Devil and Daniel Johnston from 2005. Documentary is... On the complicated life and career of Daniel Johnston, his struggles to become famous, his brushes with fame, his various obsessions, and his unfortunate mental health issues. This film has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think remains a bit of a cult hit to a certain extent. Speaking of cult hits, the only negative blurb on Rotten Tomatoes comes from Richard Propes of TheIndependentCritic.com, and it says, More of a cult film for Johnston's almost cult-like admirers. So is it actually a negative comment, or is it... One of those 5,000 yeah, people... Yeah, one of those things I think you just out. wanted to work cult in, to call maybe, the audience a cult also. Maybe. I, I think he just he just didn't like it. I know yeah. that. He's oh, the okay. only, only guy who really didn't seem to like it in the blurbs of Rotten Tomatoes. But more people must have hated it, because it's only at 88%. Hmm. So... He just didn't want to write about why they didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you guys like documentaries? Uh, it depends. I don't necessarily watch a ton of them, but I'm not against 
watching one if it's interesting. Okay. That I'm, makes sense. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm really weird because I, I don't usually, and then something will pique my interest, and then I will just consume a bunch of them in short order. Okay. Usually specifically related to things. <laughs> ah, things. My favorite could be like a, subject. I was thinking like, you know, they'll do like, well, they're murder TV shows, but they'll also do like hour and a half on just yeah. one case. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of those. That yeah, sense. that's kind of mine. Yeah. You, you'll think? indulge like in the, one thing. The beautiful creatures girls, they have yes. quite a few of those. They do, yeah. Uh, my first thought is generally no, not a big fan of documentaries, and yet every single time I watch them, I enjoy them. I think I just forget that every time. But I'm a big fan of dramatizations, and while watching documentaries, I'm just going through my head like, oh, this would be so cool as a, doc as a dramatization. See? Yeah. <laughs> that's why Unsolved Mysteries is so great. Yeah, you got Robert I, Stack, I like you got Matthew McConaughey. Dramatic reenactment. that one, yes. yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, this is kind of like that. The, the people play themselves because it's just them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I, I I like documentaries a lot, actually. Um, I, you know, I grew up being interested in Grey Gardens and a few other things like that. But and we haven't done Grey Gardens. I haven't even talked about it. I don't even know what the hell that is. You're like, I was way into this. Everyone else is like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> well, it was popular at one time. There's there's a lot of great documentaries out there, but especially in the Hollywood video days, you a lot of times the employees would get look at the weirder things mm -hmm. because they had access to it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and this is one of those. Oh, so, so this came out in the Hollywood video days? It did, yeah. Oh, okay. So at least on home video but it came to the store you could watch it it right? came to okay. the store and that makes sense why you know i about saw it. it exactly so. okay although i knew who daniel johnson was before and that's <laughs> why i saw the documentary but i watched a, a lot of documentaries during that time it's just really weird many of them not worth it <laughs> well in my defense i heard about daniel johnston last week when rodney said would you rather record this or this yeah same here yep. <laughs> I heard about Daniel Johnston when I saw his name pop up on the screen. Yeah. Then I thought, because we listened to the Tiny Tim album last week, so she thought that's what we were doing. Stupidly. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no we, we will be doing tomorrow. Tiny Tim tomorrow. But what, what did you think of this documentary overall? Like, were you confused most of the time? Uh, yeah, for a lot of times I didn't know what was going to happen. They talked about incidents. I'm like, oh, no. How bad is it? What is it going to be? <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, a lot of confusion, but I'm also like, all right, whatever. I guess I'm just going to watch and see what crazy new things happen. Yes, it is. It is very strange. <laughs> You're looking so intently at me. <laughs> yeah, you aren't saying anything. So. <laughs> well, so I was letting Paul finish. I don't know. Oh, no, I was just this like, is oh. one that I was really conflicted with the whole time because, you know, every time something would happen, I'm like, oh, this... This has a lot of bad markers. Now, mind you, I have, I have kind of an armchair basic exposure to psychology because one of my best friends is a psychologist. Okay. So they start talking about them, and it's like, oh, that that's a big red flag for, for mental illness. Oh, and that is. And that is. <laughs> that makes sense. So there, there was a lot of it that was me, like, really getting panicky about, oh, things are going to go so bad. And they mentioned key <laughs> things. And I'm like, oh, that, that's never good. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, it certainly could have been a lot worse with a lot of the things yeah. that were brought up. Not that things weren't bad, but... Oh, they were bad. Well, I don't know. They had a plane in They did. That's I know, but there were some true. things... I was expecting some possibly worse things to happen that didn't. <laughs> so. That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I... <laughs> Surprisingly, given what this talks about, there is, and this is going to sound maybe a bit crass, there's a surprising low body count for exactly. what happened throughout this movie. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, you know, I, I have a bit of an armchair psychology thing going on myself, but it's more due to uh, personal experience. So oh, okay. we'll just we'll skip by that. We don't want to make it one of those episodes. <laughs> and we'll... We'll talk well, about... Especially since not none of us are actually psychologists. Well, well I'm not yeah. qualified, but here's what I here's think. Here's my diagnosis. <laughs> I spent yeah. a fair amount of time talking to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyway. We'll so just... I got the gist of it. Yeah, I, I got it. I mean, it. I basically have the degree. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we're going to start with Daniel Johnston's early life. What did you think of young Danny boy? Yeah, it was pretty entertaining, his weird... Like, movies he would make, uh, there was that one where he was playing himself and his mom, but that food, she's like, because we're looking at it, like, what the hell is that? She's like, I think it was popcorn and green Kool-Aid. That was yeah. like the breakfast. Yeah. But it was like unpopped popcorn. Is that from, uh, It's Monday or whatever yeah. the I, That called. My first note says, it must be Monday. Oh, it must be Monday. So, I guess that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. My notes are always just weird, like, little <laughs> bits of trivia or things I, that caught my attention. I, I enjoyed the the young, hopeful Daniel Johnston, played by Michael Sarah. Oh yes. yeah, the casting. <laughs> when when life was good and it was just all about his creativity and art and stuff before things take a turn. Apparently, it's the return of the casting of <laughs> the people from S- Super Bad. Well, you only need three of them this time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's disturbing how young Daniel Johnston kind of looks like Michael Sarah at yeah. times. It's like, yeah, whoa, he does. He's so. the evil Michael Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Because he has dark hair. Yeah. Well, so. not clearly. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he, he's pretty interesting as a young kid. It seems oddly hopeful. Yeah, at the beginning, it's just kind of like, oh, see, he's just kind he of He was a, a creative kid. Like he a was super always playing the piano. And, yeah. yeah, he was musically inclined. There's he, his, the guy, his friend. He did tons like, of art that he would do, oh, and man. he never, like, learned. Yeah, like, he, he, he was never formally taught. He, he just, just like, taught himself. did it. And, and that one guy's like, I heard about this, like, hot new artist in town or whatever. I knew I had to meet this guy. <laughs> yeah, the that David, yeah. David dude from Oak Glen. Yeah. <laughs> Oak Glen High School. I feel like this whole documentary plays out a lot like one of those like Saturday morning cautionary movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. School special. Actually, yeah. that would be an awesome after school special. The like Daniel Johnson after school special. Yeah. I don't know what you would call it. The Devil and Daniel Johnston. The, the after school version. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey mom, the, the devil made me do. It. I don't know. The Devil yeah. and Daniel after school special. Yeah. Oh, man. Sponsored by Mountain Dew. <laughs> Sponsored by Mountain Dew. So, so yeah, I, I like his art. Even when he was a kid, it's it's actually yeah. pretty interesting. It is. It's cool because they talk about how he got tons. Whoa. Oh, it's okay. Oh, they talk about how uh, he got tons of comic books. But oh, yeah. it was really weird because they talked about how he didn't care about the comics. He just liked the art. It was them. all about the art in them. I think that's just an old man saying like, "Oh yeah, comic books are you know, comic books are a lower form of entertainment." And so he know. just wanted the pictures. He didn't care about them. <laughs> yeah, he was just interested in art itself. Well, I don't know because given the fact that you know he a lot of his style did just kind of mimic. Not saying it was you know any anything bad but he does have a very comic book style. style yeah a lot yes. of mashups of other comics it's yeah. pretty interesting 
Yeah, certainly with the... Uh... I mean, I, I'm <laughs> thinking he definitely read the... Yeah. comics and stuff because I mean he talks about like Captain, Captain America, America like Captain America the time. stuck with him for the rest of his yeah. life he was all over the place me too so it's like oh okay so <laughs> he did read the comics but I can definitely see like the art of the comics reflected in what he did yeah it's a it's a disturbing notion because the the more I've seen this documentary I'm like oh no this is elements of this like mirror things from me like personally <laughs> it's like I, I was obsessed with Captain America as a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was always interested in, like, Casper imagery. Drawing eyeballs everywhere. Uh, I didn't draw <laughs> eyeballs, but I, I did a lot. I did create a lot of bizarre art that's basically all gone now. So mm. that's my choice. But, yeah, there you go. I'm just not as interesting as Daniel Johnston. <laughs> Well, I think you, you, need you have a lot. You need a lot more stays. mental problems. More, more stays at mental hospitals would help. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Kurt Cobain wearing my shirt would yep. help too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, maybe less so now. It's yeah. Not fair. He never wore your Wouldn't shirt. Help too much. No, I'm. That's okay. I'm. I'm happy with not being famous. <laughs> so anyway, so Daniel Johnson. Yeah, he seems like a like a nice, happy kid doing his weird stuff. I think his art was ahead of its time with its like weird eyeball themes and stuff. Yes. It feels '90s, even though yeah, this was very like the late '70s. Really. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, I forget in the I forget in the early part. It's supposed to be the '70s. Yeah, like '70s into '80s. The early yeah, I know 80s. the '80s was a lot of yeah, where the, the movie takes place. The early '80s is when he starts releasing. Uh, releasing his albums <laughs> making like hi how are you and yip jump music and songs of pain and more, more songs, songs of pain. pain yeah i'm so curious about all of that it's really cool how he was making each one individually so not a single one of the albums that Would he have been exactly the same. yeah that they're all unique yeah i i think it's one of the more interesting parts of daniel johnston as a whole is that he was just left to his own devices creating all this stuff for so long like whether or not you like it that's really bizarre like it's pretty interesting mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, I i don't know what you guys think about daniel johnston's music as a whole <laughs> i guess we can find out right now uh, well, from what they now, <laughs> to be fair we got a limited yeah exposure and i don't know how good of versions of the what like we got exists. are yeah so i listened and maybe i'm maybe this is why i'm not a big time music uh, producer i honestly couldn't find really any appeal to it it's really weird listening to it's like <laughs> eh, it's i mean it's music i have definitely heard worse okay but I'll put it to you this way. I don't think I would have uh, been rushing out to the record store at the time to pick up his latest LP. Yeah. <laughs> well, mean, what if it had a I production? Might. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Um, I do like the one just because the lyrics about Casper dying. Yes. I love that song. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. I, I really want to hear more of it and, and just kind of try to pay attention to what the lyrics mean. I mean, for me, a lot of music it's all about the lyrics in my mind and so listening to it it was really strange like sometimes off-putting but then like paying attention to the lyrics and you're just like oh that's messed up or oh that's something that i could connect with or like wait yes it's just really crazy stuff in there that whole song about his brain falling out of his head yeah, and there was like the animation my mind yeah, yeah i love that part actually that was really cool that's where that uh i was about to say the fact that there's like that and that 
basically music video he did yeah. was actually really impressive. See that one? Who does the, like, where is my mind? Yeah. Who does oh, that? Uh... See, they just ripped off Daniel Johnston. Yes. Actually, I don't know, because I don't know what year each thing came out. <laughs> that came out in the 80s, actually, like, oh. 88, 89. So, like Daniel that. Johnson might anyway. have ripped them off. <laughs> I don't know, because that was before talking. them. Oh, the he, his was before? I think, I, I can't remember if that's from Retired Boxer, or, I don't know. Anyway. But that song. It's from the Retired Boxer era, the I Had Lost My Mind thing, so that's mm. like 83 or 84. So I was just saying, lyrics, around. similar one. Daniel Johnston also lost his brain and had to go looking for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. From various interviewees, it seemed like all his music was really like super amazing or terrible. Like yeah. there wasn't really yeah. any in between. <laughs> yeah, the one guy's yeah. like, yeah. it was like you couldn't even listen to it, and then other times it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the issue I had, is I never got to hear what the, the brilliant ones were. Also, if you were there at the live performance and you saw some of them, he was like getting super emotional, maybe you'd be more into it. Like, well, this guy's yeah. way into this. Oh, like the times when he's just like going off about Satan and <laughs> yeah. numbers and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, should... that, that would be a hard pass kind of moment, walking into that. I'd be like, oh, this is a cult that's all about to commit suicide. Back yep. away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because then, then we got start getting into the downward spiral of the... The yeah. post high school, because he moves, he moves out. His his parents want him to move out, so he goes and gets a job at Astro World. Astro World with his brother, yeah. And he doesn't have a piano, so he gets a a chord organ. Yeah, yeah. Which I love that. Now, is this before or after they tried to send him to college? Oh, that's oh. after they. Uh, that's important. The college thing. Yeah, because yeah. he, he to went to college. Christian college, and then he wasn't doing well there, so he left, and then they he went to Kent State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the art college, and that's where he met Lori. Oh yes, yeah. Lori. He went to art college, huh? Yeah. So he failed his exams and applied, and they snapped him up. Yep, that's just right. Just like Lister. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Johnson and Lister have a lot of similarities. Ohm song, <laughs> I had lost my mind. Yeah. They go hand in hand. I would have liked to see Daniel's take on Rastabilly Skank. I think Daniel <laughs> I think Daniel is proto Rastabilly. Probably. <laughs> so anyway. I don't admit I think this was the first time I really started to no, like from what they were saying, at least, how mentally he does not seem quite there. Because he gets, they talk about how he has this absurd obsession with this Lori girl, mm-hmm. but also doesn't want to ever get with her. He wants her to never be attainable because that something makes like him that, yeah. that makes him more of a suffering chase. artist that can't get the love of his life. Yeah, because he was more about. The story that was being created. Yeah, the story involving her yeah. was I like when people than... are like, yeah, and then one day kind of begged her, like, hey, will you say I love you, Danny, on there? And she's like, to her, she's like, uh, you want me to say that? Uh, okay. And like, man, she didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was an obsession. Oh, yeah. given this, he probably listened to that part of that tape for seven so, hours. And then she, then she has the audacity to marry Pete Arner, the mortician. mortician. Yeah, he was in mortician school. Yeah, yeah, but they never painted as him actually, like, being offended by her marrying someone else. Yeah, it's like, like it's almost like, else. oh, cool, now I get to endlessly pine for her, her because yeah, well, she's my they, lost They weren't ever even love. together, right? Like, he just met her, yeah. thought she was pretty, but she already had a boyfriend. Pretty much. And they do <laughs> talk about how he kind of, like, stalked her, too, which is... 
disturbing. Well, not stalking so much as just being near her all yeah. the time, but like... He was just around know, her all just, of the time. Well, he went to school with her. It's not like well, he... Well, I know, but just know, imagine, imagine, like, he was just around her all the time, whether she knew it or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't mean... I, what I mean is he wasn't, like, going to her house and hiding in the bushes. Yeah. Or I like, hope yeah. not. It's, he was just, you know, like, yeah, I would like oh, to hang school, around her. school. Yeah. She's awesome. In its own way, it kind of makes sense, though, because he seemed to be really all about his uh, uh, cr- creativity. Like, that's what he cared about. He wanted things to fuel his creativity, including this whole lost love story arc he created. Yeah, not that you get a lot of it in the documentary, but there are multiple songs where he talks about morticians and oh, really? Lori and <laughs> wanting to crawl inside, like, caskets. Oh, he did mention that in movies. Like, and I went yeah. and saw her, blah, blah, and there was a casket there, and I thought, I'll just go crawl yeah, in Yeah, because it was like a relative's yeah. funeral that Lori's boyfriend, husband, I can't remember what she was. Whatever. I think it was husband. Mr. Undertaker. Yeah. But the casket was empty, and he just wanted to crawl into it. Yep. And there you go. But he... He is off there doing chord organ blues and recording a bunch of albums and his uh brother. his brother's garage yeah and it's like he turned Jerry his workout bench yeah. into a recording setup yeah somehow. chord organ blues is one of my more favorite songs by daniel johnson i don't know why it works so well i just kind of like that song but this is when he's doing such classics as walking the cow and uh speeding motorcycle <laughs> i just said uh, that was the part when uh he had set up, he's like, you turned my uh, workbench into a recording studio <laughs> when he's on the, because they're always tapes. He recorded himself talking all the time, I guess. Yeah. But he's like, I sound like yeah, some kind of MT3 person, don't I? Yeah. He's so <laughs> That's obsessed. the first. Well, yeah, I didn't know yet how obsessed with MTV he was. Yeah. It's that pretty... was the first one. I'm like, that's kind of funny line. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be a big it's thing. It's pretty interesting, but his brother also says, you know, one day you're going to become successful and really good at something. But just not music or no, art. Music yeah, or art. The things you care about. You'll be good at something else. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> yeah, this is when a lot of his family toxicity they start talking about. Like, his parents are obsessed because, like, he's not getting a job. He's just doing this art and music stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whole, like you're not a profitable servant thing. Yeah, yeah. profitable servant. Unpro- you're an unprofitable servant. I love we, that. Yeah, they, are, they, they get into 10%. kind of this like, oh, you know, like the very uh, southern Christian thing. Like mm-hmm. you need to get a job because God needs ten yeah. percent of your wages. <laughs> you're not producing nothing. You need to give him your <laughs> yeah. money. That's uh, that and, rings a very specific note with the Utahns. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So, and she was proud of it too. Like when she was talking about how he would record her, she seemed really proud of that stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I have it on yeah. record that I give my ten percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, because they She's they profitable. even talk about how he'd like go to church, didn't care. Though he did try and look at he pretty would, girls. He'd go there yeah. to look at the girls. Yeah. He'd go there to look at the girls. But the, uh, yeah, that whole thing about the 10% thing, just so you people know. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a thing in the Mormon church called tithing. Because despite the fact that half of our listeners are just people we know, the other half of the listeners are all from foreign countries. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they may not know a whole lot about the Mormon thing, but there's a tithing that you... I think it's kind of a become like a hey. default... At least American Christian thing mm-hmm. where you're kind of just expected to. There it's, you're very expected to, or you're kind of shunned. Yeah. Softly. Dustin but... calls it paying the God tax. Yeah. 
<laughs> so Dustin, don't let your wife listen to the thing I just said. Yeah. Or you'll get in trouble. Dude, don't That's tell my probably wife. good. Dude, don't tell my wife. Oh, yeah, we... so many in-jokes now. Yep. So. But we also, also get uh, the start of a bad trend where they just... When he becomes problematic, they seem to just ship him somewhere else because it's like, oh, so we stuck he's him on in the bus. basement, so yeah. we uh, sent him to his brother. He lived with his brother for like three months, and then his brother, his brother said, evicted uh, him. He had the things like, you, you don't have a job, so uh, get yeah. out. He had the thing who's like, well, my brother's evicting me uh, September 1st, I believe. Oh, yeah. like, it's hard. And then, yeah. Then bust him out of there to his sister. Uh, they just yes. seem to stick him on a bus without a destination. <laughs> like, it, it pretty much and whenever the they... It seems like, so we put him on a bus! And he's <laughs> not our problem anymore. Yep. <laughs> they kept doing oh. it. Kind of a theme. <laughs> Until when he does leave the sisters, though. That, oh, like, yeah, it, that was like, a more interesting one. Instead of being on a bus... He just disappears one day because he bought a moped yeah, and joined the carnival. Yep, somehow bought a moped and joined, <laughs> joined the a carnival. traveling it's carnival. So weird. Yeah, that <laughs> someone just does that. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if you're constantly being carted off, you're like you know what? This time I'm, I'm going my own way, the carny way. <laughs> exactly. I wonder what he he just worked there. Like he was like more like a concession stand person, right? Yeah, I think he worked like, at the corn dog stand. He talked about the corn dog stand, so yeah. And he's doing that for a long time and eventually contacts them. But yeah. then we, we've got the thing where he... the the One of the weirdest stories, the one where he... How he wound is, up in Texas? Yeah, how he wound up in Austin, <laughs> Texas. He's just hanging out in a porta potty doing what he does. But taking too damn long? Yep, and some carny, when he finally gets out, just punches him in the head God. and makes him delirious. And he, and he has to go to the hospital. They so he like wanders to one of the, he, he looks for a church. A church. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's basically so he's been like bashed in the head and goes to a church like, help me please. And so, you This know. might be that pivotal, they, uh, pivotal moment that like made him find God and fear the devil and yeah, all of that. Yeah, like probably. everything that happened is from that head injury at the carnival. Yeah. They took him to Could a be. hospital and stuff. And what was it like? A comedian. Oh my gosh, that's good. The comedian, okay the stuff. old comedian, a told comedian. Me, yeah, told me I'd be okay. okay. I just need to rest my head for a few days or something. <laughs> it's like what? Like, like who what is that, you, that he's talking about? Who's this retired comedian? Like, so it's not a doctor. A retired comedian told you <laughs> this. I can only assume this is either a delusion or he just saw the doctor and went, "Ah, I bet he's a retired comedian." I don't know. So, so we got Kathy McCarthy. And the glass uh, eye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's um, a sign. Oh, it's because his first... He, has, he drew eyes, eyes all the time, so it's like, yeah, it's like fate led him there. What do you guys think of Kathy McCarthy? Mm-hmm. I mean, she seemed like she was nice enough to him, and... She seems like a very cool person. You'd yeah. think yeah. with having seen this documentary four times now, five times... I've never looked her up. Maybe more, eight times? I don't know. But... Yeah, you'd think I would have looked her up by now because she seems like something I would be personally into. Yeah. She's like, like she has an actual like Daniel Johnston cover song, cover album. Yeah, yeah. I'm really curious about the album yeah. she made. She said that she thought it was her like greatest this work. This is the best thing I ever did. Yeah, but she looks like she's part of the punk scene at the time, and yeah. she has like the so. 50s aesthetic. So it's like mm -hmm. one of those more 50s punk, 50s inspired Fire punk, punk <laughs> type things, which is. Really pretty interesting, like uh, Shannon and the Clams does that. The Ramones, to a lesser extent, you could say are very inspired by like 50s rock music. Maybe not by a lesser extent. Anyway, so she seems like that seems like something I'd be super into, but for some reason I've never <laughs> looked it up. I don't know. I do like a One mixture day. of 
him meeting her, breaking up with her, he then is able to force himself onto MTV somehow. So it's like, because yeah. uh, he... He got he, his he, first gig with her band. That was a big deal because that was like his her, first live performance. Yeah, that's where he starts doing his thing where he like just hands out cassettes, cassettes to people like, like here. Yeah. Here's like, my album. Oh, we're, we're not looking for X. No, it's no, just, just a listen gift. to it. Like I just want somebody to listen to what yep. I did. But yeah, it was that. And then they were. She's like, I was his girlfriend, I guess. But then he was like taking too far. He's like, where? He's like, when that's he's my called fiance. me, yeah, his fiance. Then I was like, okay, no, 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 we're we're just friends. Like, yeah. Well, and she talks about how she has to remind him the entire summer that they're yeah. they're not yeah. dating. We're not anymore. dating. So he did the, they had this relationship that he made he up, up in, in his, his mind, head, yeah. like just yeah. the whole thing's a delusion. And she's just like, "Oh no!" no. She specified that it wasn't very physical. She said something about, "Oh yeah, because like, he was Christian, super Christian." So and he's it wasn't like, no, like a. It's yeah. a very yeah. chaste relationship. Cha- that was it. That's what but she said. At this time, yeah, he's doing the he's doing the. Uh, MTV thing and then the McDonald's thing. Oh yeah, so he's, he's working, working at McDonald's, McDonald's. part time oh, yeah. at the McDonald's. That was funny. It, see, it was yeah, it was kind of fun just to see like the in between years. I know like the part way like through, I just kept dreading them like something's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's implied that something will, but you know his ma- uh, I think it was funny they were saying how he like really wasn't that great of an employee. Yeah, <laughs> like, he basically he couldn't cook. He, yeah, couldn't he do just this. always he would just clear to tables. the lowest. Effort Which is job. clearing tables. Yeah. I like that after his MTV performance, he becomes so famous that people are just calling the McDonald's because oh, he has yeah. no phone. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have phone, so to get hold of him, he called the McDonald's. And they were entertained by that for a little bit. But then, you know, they got to make burgers, so they're, yeah. they got it. So, like, they thought it was funny because they increased his hours and stuff. Yeah. Just because, like, hey, this kid's popular. Let's... Hey, he brings people in. Exactly. Like, you want to talk to Daniel? You got to buy a big Got to, yeah. <laughs> So this is where he gets Randy Kemper as a manager. He, oh, uh, yeah. Randy Kemper uh, feeds him lots of weed and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, this was a big thing. I'm like, oh, that's that's not good. He, he clearly go. does not have a stable... Woo! Stable like table. Stable table. Stable Just table. Like us. <laughs> <laughs> he is not stable mentally, and generally that's not a good time to start having drugs added to people. So he also has the uh, thing where he goes to the Butthole Surfers concert. Oh my he... gosh. Oh yes. yeah, and then he... Well, he gets his acid trip. acid, yes. And I think but this is... Stupid. From what, well, from what they said... <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on that scene. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. The part of the movie, like, what the hell? The stupid the Butthole f- Surfer singer... It's like, yeah. yeah, you guys can interview me at my dentist appointment. But I gotta yeah. get a cavity Gibby, filled, so you have to... Gibby f- Haynes. <laughs> yeah. So that part of the movie, they're interviewing him, but then they're also just like, let's watch his teeth be drilled. Oh, I could they're not like, Yeah, that. everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> my teeth. Do you guys like the butthole surfers? I don't even... I couldn't even... I've heard the name. I couldn't name <laughs> a single song. Well, moving on. So, dentist drills. I know of like two or three of their songs. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, burn mother. <laughs> no, whatever. no, you're... nope, nope, <laughs> okay. not that at all, not even close. So, anyway, <laughs> so so Gibby Haynes, he's talking about the LSD thing. Apparently, it's a big thing that everyone thinks that Gibby gave him the. Oh, LSD. He's like, did you give? Yeah, like, no. no, I didn't. Somebody. Did. I mean, it's not surprising that just somebody there would have some. Yeah. Yeah. So, he starts taking LSD quite regularly with his manager of sorts, who he yeah. eventually goes crazy and beats with a yeah, lead one pipe. one time they had crazy. too much acid, so he uh, uh, grabbed a lead pipe and like, just whammy him. Whammed him. 
Oh yeah, wham. That's one of my drawings is lead pipe with blood and it says wham. (laughs) (laughs) I whammed him like three times. I whammed him good. It was there. Bashed him good. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe for Daniel Johnston, the whole thing was to continue the story. And so when you become a famous music artist, that's what you do. You gotta wham your manager. You gotta do a lot of drugs and beat your manager with a lead pipe. Oh, yes. (laughs) That's true. I mean, what famous person hasn't gotten in that way? This is this is uh, around the time he you know he has the Christmas with his family and he hangs that block number nine on oh, the yes. Christmas tree. Oh um, yeah, and... we get the the weird descent into. When did this take place? This particular part. It was like the mid eighties, right? Yeah. So it was like the satanic panic, and he apparently went all in on it. So I wonder. If, yeah, I wonder if he thought D and D was evil. Maybe oh, probably. So he had a. He was talking about how like he thought the military takeover was going to happen over Christmas. Christmas that's he it. started yeah. talking about coke and Snickers for some reason. Yeah. All just filled with drugs to get us addicted coke, to them. Snickers. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. Like Coke, Coca Cola, clearly conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So they they. I like his weird thing where he's breaking open the boxes of like the. The sign lettering holding up the E's. See, yeah. e. e. Evil. It's everywhere. And number nine. Someone's what? producing these. Stupid. Maybe they're going to hang them up. That damn letter E. So evil. <laughs> evil. Well, well, yeah. Number nine. Number nine. What happens when you turn number nine over? You get six. If you have three of them, Thanks. number of the beast. Yeah. Satan makes the number nine. Do not get six, six, six on your, your hand. hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we didn't mention you can get it on your forehead too. Yeah, that's if you're all in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Revelations joke for those people that know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, we're yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, they, this is where we really start seeing. Like he starts this downward spiral where it's like, oh, this is. Yeah. The whole time I'm like, I'm getting anxious because it's like, oh yeah. no, it's a mentally ill person and you're stuffing them full of drugs. Yeah, and, I was like. And he has managers that are like, obviously, like, he is not mentally well, but they're still pushing him. Like, you gotta be performing, you gotta be yeah. writing songs, you gotta be. So he, he gets committed and then his uh, sort of manager, like, gets him out and stuff. Oh, Second his, guy, yeah. The other yeah. guy, I do have to admit, that was probably one of the best stories from this where he's like oh yeah i'm his publicist i didn't think they'd take that so i told him i was his I was manager because his last I manager last got hit he... with a pipe so he wouldn't care i don't think he <laughs> would want the job back yeah i didn't figure he'd want to be a manager after that so they they were changing up his medicine he spends about a year oh geez yeah his oh, last yeah, year the... where he's just like drugged out the whole time with her basically just shoving antipsychotic medications into him do you guys have a lot of experience with this sort of scenario uh no not personally but i've known people that i have i have had an intense amount of Mm. experience with this sort of a thing and it's not great and if you go on and off of it it ruins your life i can tell you yeah hey and guess what he starts doing going on and off of his psychotic medicine i i can tell you from the from the few years i've had to take medication like that it was it was absolutely nightmarish you become a different person entirely yeah oh yeah and then you switch to another person when you go off them it's completely insane like it's it's a terrifying experience so this is the thing where i'm like oh man i know what he's going through yeah it's just so bad bad. like his dad starts crying on the interviews like you know they said that they weren't giving him the right medication because like they're trying to help him but then like oh yeah that stuff uh probably isn't good for him 
let's try a different one, basically. Well, it's, it's one of those where it's unfortunately, like, and with psychotic medication, it's like, uh, take these. They might work. They work for a lot of people. They might not work for you. Yeah. Especially back then, though. Oh, yeah. Like, in the 80s, it was just kind of a shotgun approach. Like, here's a bottle of pills. Take the bottle. See yeah. what happens. So he starts hanging out with Sonic Youth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what? what the hell? Because <laughs> that's who you want to hang out with when you're not stable. But Sonic Youth is a pretty interesting band. And he... he yeah, somehow kinda... his like manager guy knew the singer or something, right? Yeah. So, so he gets he in an argument with them and he starts wandering around. Oh, yeah, yeah that was like, crazy. looking for him. And yeah, because like, <laughs> it's like... Well, because they, they like... get him out of the mental institute. They take him to New York because, okay, we're going to try to calm him down. Like they had an actual we're drummer to get and everything. Yeah, back I think in this there. is what eventually became his 1990 sessions. Oh, okay. So. Interesting. Yeah, Even and then, though it was slightly before nineteen. And then he leaves because he was called to become famous to save the world from satan yeah and they didn't yeah he's supposed to spend two weeks there apparently didn't uh day three or four go with his holy order so he left and just starts wandering (laughs) the road driving around looking for him but the recording he's like no you're gonna call my parents you can't call (laughs) they're gonna put me in a loony bin yeah they want to put me in a loony bin (laughs) and yeah uh, that that part's horrible but he is but like i just can't believe so those are for sure real recordings right yeah why would he just record all that stuff all the time i don't know he recorded everything he's like tommy <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like johnny from the room yeah. i will record everything i will record everything <laughs> how can they say this about me i don't believe it i show them i record everything now i do have to say i think at this point they kind of mention it i think at this point they thought he was bipolar mm-hmm yeah. So, I don't know if this is just something he did because of that, or just... Because he's always uh, kind of odd, so maybe this is just one of those... I If I record everything, I'll never miss anything exciting. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. there was the part... Um, so, like, yeah, the other Sonic Youth guys, because the singer, they, like, got into sort of... Like, they had a falling out. I don't think they actually got in a fight, but they were, like, talking, like, what, are you going to hit me? Well, like, that whole thing. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, you guys want to find him? You go find him. <laughs> they actually did. Yeah, and he's he's wandering around a motel and, and he's yelling about how he's on a mission from God. Yeah, he's because it was only like four days in or something, and he he needed to spend two weeks. That was like yeah. the plan. He's like, can't you see that the devil Satan is trying to stop me? <laughs> and so they go with the old standby, ship him somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. let's get him. This, let's get him out of here. But this is great because they put him on the bus. Because uh, apparently oh, that's oh, their thing. Wait, wait, if wait. we get him on the bus, the trouble he got into that was in New York, right? Yeah. He, no, because remember, they sent him on the bus. Oh, he, he disappeared, showed, and then right. he shows back up in New York like two like, days later. We thought he got on the, the bus, streets. but yeah. nope, he's, he never left. So he he starts wandering or wandering the streets, and he goes to... Uh, he makes noise, an Liberty. old lady... Or, yeah, the, <laughs> the Statue, Statue of Liberty, Liberty part, That's the part I was thinking oh, of. No, I, that might have come before I think that was, yeah, because Sonic yeah. Youth or whatever called the manager and like, hey, he got arrested. <laughs> Yeah. But what he got arrested for was so silly. Yeah. Like, well, he went to the Statue of Liberty, and like a lot of people do, he wanted to do graffiti, and he was just drawing tons of Jesus fishes. Yeah, like just hundreds of Jesus hundreds fish. Hundreds of Jesus fishes on the inside, because that was the anti-mark of the beast. Yeah, just draw Jesus fish everywhere. Well, then they have the recording with the police. <laughs> oh, okay, this is what's going to happen. You can either pay $75 <laughs> fine and clean all of those damn fishes you painted. Yeah. 
<laughs> just like so weird. It's like the good cop, bad cop talk, but the bad cop, you're gonna clean up those damn fishes, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just such a funny, like, crime for him to be busted yeah. for. <laughs> but also during that time, that's, you know, he's going insane, off his meds, lost and homeless, oh, and yeah, somehow he crazy. gets a... Gets a gig at CBGB. Oh, yeah, yeah. Somehow in between, yeah. he's like... It was when he comes back on the bus, he just wanders into... And like, wait, and then he somehow <laughs> opened like, for this band. And then he opens for this band. Like, what? Yeah, like how did what? he... Yeah, in, in the, the midst hell? of all that, he still got a gig somehow. Yeah, because it's... Oh, it's such a... Because then there's that. And then he's wandering the back alleys and makes noise. And there's oh, an old woman yeah, that says, Hey, is... quiet it down out there. It's like three in the morning. Yeah, and this is the, this is the, the big bad incident. incident. I think. Yeah, he he sees her and he like runs up her stairs and starts beating on her door. She's freaking out. So she like thinks the only thing she can do now is jump, jump out, out her two story window. <sighs> and they said it was an elderly wow. lady. She broke both her ankles. Yeah. So it's and terrible. then he just leaves. I mean, it's good that he just left, but yeah. still like. Yeah, it could have been poor much old lady. Worse. Like, imagine if you know you were like one so, of her kids. Like, what the hell? Some crazy man charged into mom's he, apartment, and she yeah. Yeah, so he goes to the West Virginia Mental Hospital, and uh, this is this is where he this is where he gives makes his side all of the, the all the yeah he gives his side, side of, the of the story, which is like he he did go no, in there, but the demons broke the no. I didn't break the door. It was the demons. See, the woman jumped out of the window. To exercise herself, so the demons ran through, and that's what broke the uh, door down. Yeah, and I didn't see her jump out the window. I was yeah, gone. I was already, I was on the already way out gone. by that point. Yeah, but then he starts making all these weird demands of his manager, like he wants the Beatles to reunite and back him up as a band and stuff, <laughs> like just weird stuff. But the best scene in the movie. Oh, happens. absolutely! Soda machine. Yes, yes. The good old. Ode Mountain to Dew. Mountain Dew. Yeah. That was such a weird song. Like, <laughs> yeah. it started out with this, like, beautiful mountain scene, basically. Like, Mountain Dew is a blessing from God. And then somehow ends with demons drink yeah. Mountain Dew. I just love the, This is Daniel Johnston coming from the West Virginia Mental Hospital. They put me here because I like Mountain Dew so much. <laughs> I just drink so much Mountain Dew. This is Daniel Johnston speaking from a mental hospital. They tell me I'm crazy here. Because I love the Mountain Dew so much. I can't get enough of the Mountain Dew. I was sinking deep in sin, far from Mountain Dew. I had problems out within, nothing that I could do. But the Mountain Dew came to me, and I drank it all up. Now I'm happy as can be, oh Mountain Dew. We drink Mountain Dew. We drink Mountain Dew. We have nothing better to do but drink Mountain Dew. We drink Mountain Dew. We drink Mountain Dew. No thing better to do than to drink Mountain Dew. Yahoo! Mountain Dew. It's the new sensation. The best, the greatest, the most fantastic, the most sensational soda pop in the cosmic universe. Mountain Dew! Out come the demons. Demons, demons, 
demons drink them out and do. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Uh, so apparently for all manager. of us going to hell, there's yeah. at least Mountain Dew there. Yeah. yeah. But the, then the manager, I sent that to yeah. Pepsi. I sent I that to Pepsi. Pepsi. They, the never they, they never responded. That part is so good. <laughs> if they, oh, I, I said, like I said if they made that commercial, that oh would have my been my God. everything in life. Could you imagine watching that movie, that commercial I wish this thing or I hope this gets a resurgence in popularity just so at some point you'll be not paying attention in the background there's a commercial going on and you see the green liquid people drinking and you just hear we drink Mountain Dew we We drink Mountain Mountain Dew if they actually like went back and decided to use Part, parts like, of his song. Something like that. They could even be subtle. Like, they do, like, the first part of the commercial. And then, like, in the background, you see a guy dressed in a devil costume just, like, drinking a, a 20 ounce Mountain Dew. Well, yeah, because the whole song, like, deteriorates from this, like, pleasant message to the yeah. devil and demons. It's, and you're just like, what is going on? And I just imagine the whole commercial in his art style. Oh, yeah. That'd be oh, great. There's, there's the end. Cool it zooms commercial. in on the yeah. devil do on the, the shoreline, just. They could do the ah, slow zoom, but they just dude. have Satan and Jesus hanging out together in a mental institution drinking Mountain Dew. Like. <laughs> They'd have their patient numbers on. Jesus was seven, the double six, right? Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Nine. Nine, Nine is, is human. a human number. And that's just Daniel Johnston hanging out with... Satan so, and Jesus drinking mountains. Six, Jesus, seven, and nine, nine are all. Yep. Yeah. It all makes sense. Anyway, so we'll move on from the Mountain Dew thing, <laughs> even though it's the greatest part yeah, of the Yeah, I was like, if for oh, some yeah. reason you're listening to this but haven't watched it, watch that part. That one segment, I, just I Daniel Johnson. This mountain is the part Dew. that. Because re- from here, it gets really weird to me because he reaches the height of his oh, popularity yeah, yeah. well institutionalized and not making any music or anything. Yeah, but the, All of these people just want the idea it's, of It's him. the Kurt Cobain shirt. Oh, he's yeah. wearing the Daniel Johnston shirt. Yes. So he's, he's becoming very popular with people because of the Kurt Cobain shirt and all that stuff. And he gets like... He gets an record Austin... Record offer? Yeah, like, a record offer from Elektra. He does that Austin performance... And uh, that's when he gets in the plane. Well, he so he gets the offer from but also Electric, another plus from I think well, it was Atlantic, and yeah. they started a bidding like war a bidding for war him, over Daniel Johnston. But he wouldn't go with Electra because they were of the devil. The manager liked them and went to them first, and the manager was, was the clearly possessed suck, by the devil. Well, he's associated with Metallica. What do you expect? Exactly. Yeah, and so. he thought that Metallica was going to kill him. Yeah, they were going to beat yeah, him up. Was, they were going to. They were just trying to lure him in. We have no evidence that he was wrong. I mean, a lot of this documentary is putting more points to the devil is real and he signed a contract with the devil and Kurt Cobain was told to wear his shirt to get him more stuff because this is all just things to yeah. perpetuate him becoming yeah. famous. To be fair, I mean, we all you... know, we've all heard the stories about like Lars Ulrich. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I can a, see it. The guy's a maniac. <laughs> have you seen that uh, Master of Puppets album? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Have you seen the, you know, have you heard uh, St. Anger and that... That yep. uh, snare drum. It's satanic. <laughs> Truly, it's a demonic. So, what I think has, has happened here, though, is that he, Daniel Johnston, did make a deal with the devil to become famous, regretted it, and dove deep into religion he tried to try to, go to back out of it. get out of it. And that's why he drew the Christian fish everywhere. Because his. So, yeah. Yeah, his whole deal, like, his. <laughs> it, it's like the monkey's paw making <laughs> mm-hmm. a deal with the devil. It's like, you will get what you want, but it's really not that great. Like, there he, he was on MTV. He made yep. it. That was a big, big deal to him. Yeah. So he does the uh, does the Austin, Austin performance. Yeah, which was, like, pretty 
pretty good response, right? Yeah. Wasn't it like, <laughs> like, Daniel doesn't have the best concept of time or something, so... He was supposed to play for 15 minutes. He played three songs, three songs and walked and off left. stage. Yeah. And they convinced him <laughs> to like, do Daniel, an encore. Go, go out there. And like, oh, they want just, me to play one more? Okay. You know. Yeah. So just so you know, the average Daniel Johnston song is about two and a half minutes oh, long. So okay. that equals seven and a half minutes. Yeah. Probably. Oh, boy. So... <laughs> We'd go yeah. maybe up to nine with breaks, and but you know, yeah, he comes comes back out to do his encore. Yeah, and he does well. He does. And they were saying I don't remember the lyrics, but it was something about like it was one of the love songs and saying about like asking, "Do you love me?" or something. Then girls in the audience like, "We love you," you know. Yeah, really weird. But I then this, he... this to me got disturbing because given the history of him, this whole time I'm like, ah, oh, this is kind of that idea of liking the person as a product like they he became popular because people liked the idea of the damaged musician mm -hmm. yeah but you know he, he wouldn't have ever become popular with enough people to make it that way if there wasn't something they <laughs> liked about him that's the thing yeah, yeah that's but, true but this is the plane incident so he that, that his manager his, was just real damn good he was he was Broker in a deal with two record companies. With two record companies on the guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said no to Electra and fired his manager. Yes. But yeah, then we get the plane incident. Yeah, so Jeez, this his, is so his crazy. Dad flies planes and <laughs> Poor he's, dad. he's flying home basically in a plane and Because we Daniel... found out like two weeks before he had stopped his psych meds again. It because yeah. his music was better the crazier he was. Pretty yep. much. And so he he looked at this uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost comic oh and gosh. decided he, you know, they should jump out like Casper. And I was like, well, was like, we don't no, have we any parachutes. parachutes. It was, yeah, it was uh, Casper and some other ghost, but he had a parachute, yeah. so. And so he grabs the keys, pulls them out, turns off the plane and throws them out the window. This is someone stalls the engine yeah. and then just starts controlling the plane. And the dad's like, we went up and then we were going straight down. Like, he was stronger he than me. He was way bigger than me, yeah, so I couldn't stop him. But then at some point he let go, and uh, the dad was able to... Recover it enough to ditch it in the tree yeah, line. Yeah, because he was trained that. on that. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I was trained to do it. <laughs> Which it sounds terrifying, because from what he was saying, they were basically in a nosedive. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and he was he able to... He let go long uh, enough, he could even out and... And crash into a some controlled trees. controlled crash, at least. Yes, so this is this is um, a horrible, horrible <laughs> experience, but they kind of keep him in mental institution for a little bit, and then... They, I mean, they, well, like the mom said, she's like, he thought, like, he did something good. <laughs> like, we should yeah. be proud of him for crashing that plane. But, but like... The, oh, yeah, the thing with ahead. that God sign, too. Oh, yeah, because when they were going by after the crash, it said something like, they passed one of their Christian churches. Oh, I wish I wrote it down. It was something like, uh, God promises you a safe, like, landing. A safe landing, but not a calm voyage. Yeah. yeah. Um... But he he gets popular enough so that the Atlantic record yeah. thing actually happens. So he happens. did get the record so deal. He makes a uh, fun in 1994, fun. which sells like five five thousand something. Yeah, yeah, very good. And yeah, I think they, they dropped, dropped him immediately. The, yeah. So anyway, in 2005, he's he's living his life with his parents, and he's hanging out at this place called the Nightmare House with a guy called Jason Nightmare, oh. who's his new band, the band. Danny and the Ma Nightmares. Uh, it's, uh, and, just hearing their music is like, oh, it's like a garage band, but worse it's and like, Christian. It's a, it's a really bad punk band. So he's wearing this shirt. 
that just says fuck satan i love this shirt it's so like much. done with it's sharpie so on stupid. a plain white yeah. shirt i love it it's the <laughs> stupidest thing so he's he's got this shirt on also the t in satan was a sword for some reason well it was probably kind a cross of. paul oh uh, but it's like crappy looking it looks it is like he's not very he's not so, good so it's at either drawing. a sword or a crappy cross one of the two yeah. it's a lowercase t it but, is so he's, he didn't he didn't block it out before he yeah. wrote it, so it looks yeah. kind of weird. So anyway, it's it, he's got this shirt going on, but he has this weird story where you're like him and his friends see Daniel Johnston like running away from these <laughs> being dogs. attacked by dogs. You're like, what the Daniel Johnston, that's their conversation. Like, what, what went wrong in Daniel Johnston's life where he was suddenly <laughs> he's chased, chased by down the street dogs. being attacked by dogs, and then these punk teenagers. Hey, that guy being attacked over there. Is that Daniel Johnston? Oh, I, I think, think it might be. I don't know. No. Well, maybe we should go help him anyway, even if he's not <laughs> Daniel Johnston. Yes, yeah, so after yeah. they decide they'll help, regardless of the, his status as Daniel Johnston. Yeah. Oh, it's um, so they, weird. They man. kick the dogs away, oh, and yeah. then, like, his first reaction is Do you, Do play, you play guitar? guitar? <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> oh, man. It's insane. So anyway, so that's let's... why we moved to wherever that place was. What was somewhere in Texas? Yeah, yeah. some city. I don't Texas. remember now. So anyway, they're they're hanging out, living their life. Let's get through this fast. So, um, they've got Kathy McCarthy doing the doing the version of his music. Yeah, she did oh, yeah, a whole album, album, so that was kind of. And then she marries her friend David, who oh, became yeah. her favorite poet somehow. That's crazy. Because that was, the, Daniel's, that was friend, Daniel's friend. And he's like, hey, you like poetry? Here's his poems. And Here's then, a book of poems. And uh, Jeff, the guy who was obsessed with him for a long time, and then sort of weaseled his way into being a manager. Nice guy, though. Yeah, jeez. Uh, continues to produce all his Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's apparently the most stuff. obsessed, because he, he makes cassettes by... By hand. By hand. Yeah. Delivers them. And he also buys up all of uh, Daniel's artwork Any art that he sells he makes, to like, his comic book store. And anonymously, too. Yeah. yeah. And he like, does all these art galleries. That and was stuff. crazy, the art gallery where they show him putting up all his things. And like before we'd even opened, it was like 90, 90, 98% yeah, of his, his stuff art. was sold. Yeah. All but four drawings. Rodney <laughs> wants to know yeah, what those four drawings were. Like, what were the four? Because there were a bunch of like. He had the the silver sufferer. Yeah, he had, you know the other ones. The one that was he's like, I draw a lot of ducks, and that's what we we're talking about. The like Nazi Hydra demon duck Cerberus thing. Yeah, and so also good. Captain America naked She Hulk there oh, for yeah. some reason. So also. Captain America wielding a cross. Yeah, oh yeah, Captain America. He likes using a cross more than a shield. Yeah, so you see a lot of the the weird <laughs> imagery. He's starting to draw a lot of like naked woman torsos. Yeah, and stuff. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. So he's he's doing a lot of art, going things are going okay as far as his that is concerned. But he does well enough to do some performances even in two thousand three, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, when we were watching, I'm like, wow, this is more recent than I realized. And uh, you know, you, you hear you hear a few more songs like "True Love Will Find You" in the end, which is probably his most famous song. And then there's that sing along in 2003. Oh, oh, oh my god! Town. I lived in Devil, Devil Town. Town. Yeah. I didn't know it was Devil Town. But it makes me line, sad that I'm living in Devil Town. The part, it's like where all my friends. I are. was living in a Devil Town. Do you know that <laughs> vampire song. line? Yep. And come? all my friends were vampires. 
didn't know they were vampires. See, that's Turns the one. Turns <laughs> out I was a vampire myself in Devil Town. Oh my gosh, that little line from the from the song is meant to be cut to the Lost Boys. Yep. Because he's hanging out with Kiefer and the boys, and then before he knows it, he's a vampire himself. Sorry, I, t- I tried to intentionally sing that as much like Daniel yeah, Johnston exactly. as I could get, so. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this that's not what my real voice sounds like, unfortunately. But he gets, uh, yeah, like, way into it. The whole Devil Town song, like, there's, starts crying. Yeah, there's several season. times where he starts getting into one of his Jesus-ier moments and mm-hmm. starts breaking down. But it's never, like in a regular place like it's not him like revealing stories about like how he felt he was saved it's always these bizarre esoteric stories he's telling and then he gets so involved because you know the extended metaverse and the love of the universe and the number seven yes well i think more other people project that than daniel does it seems like to me but he was he, just getting really emotional at his performance. Yeah, so, so uh, Matt, no, they, they show a lot of his, which is <laughs> him, especially like when they get him on acid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which well, that does in, it to everyone in that time, sure. But now it's like, well, in the two thousand five ish era, it's a little more different. settled down. But yeah. they they show near the end, they show some video of Matt Groening meeting him. Oh yeah, that was interesting. That was weird, because. Uh, yeah, like Matt Groening's in the audience, and he's saying how he like bought all of his tapes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking of the whole. I guess we'd have to check the dates when the Casper song was written versus the Simpsons thing about the like how Casper died. Yeah. Because the Simpsons also had a joke about Casper dying, where he was well, just that he was Richie Rich, um, and Casper because they looked the same. I think it's like in one of the early seasons, like oh yeah, they do look alike. And like, what happened to? Do you think like Lisa yeah, says have... something that that. Richie Rich took his own life because he, yeah, <laughs> he found his possessions like fleeting or something. Yes, so I'll, I'll look up. Uh, I'll I'll see if I can figure out exactly when the hell the Casper song, song was written. I think it was in the eighties, if I remember correctly. That'd it's be like, really funny. Not, if some, uh, oh, but when Matt Groening song was kind of it was in the later years, so the timeline doesn't line up. Unless he'd been a uh, Daniel Johnston fan for longer. Well, I mean, than he, he went to Sweden to see him perform. There is a good chance he was a fan before. Yeah, but if you're if you're Matt Groening, like, why not go to Sweden to see, see Daniel, Daniel Johnston? Johnson. I mean, you just can. Who cares? You can do because whatever we, you want. Well, maybe it's just me. It's like I could think of a lot better things to do in Sweden than go see Daniel Johnston. But not me. Okay. That's <laughs> but no, it was just they both. Well, I guess his wasn't really. I don't know. Did he mean as a joke the Casper song, or he just really likes so. Casper? No, he just loves Casper, man. <laughs> and he thinks Casper is really cool. I think he kind of wants to be Casper. Like the whole thing was about like the, the deep depression, but with a fake smile. And then he loses his last coin and chooses to just, just fall into the well. Casper died falling down a wishing well. And then well. he dies and becomes a ghost, and he's happy now because he's Casper the friendly ghost. And honestly, I think that's what. Daniel, Daniel Johnston wanted. Yeah. Like, he created this whole story within his life to become this tragic artist. And, like, a lot of it was really, seemed really intentional, too. Like, uh, the thing with uh, Kathy uh, yeah. making up the story about being fiancés and stuff all in his head and introducing to the, the friend as... and the parents. And, yeah. and, like, here's my friend's poetry. Like, he wanted her to hook up with him so that she would be unattainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. 
Oh, so Casper the Friendly Ghost was was written in uh, seemingly the summer of 1983. So oh, wow. It was released on Yip Jump Music in 1983. So Daniel Johnston beating the Simpsons to the punch <laughs> yep. with, with various weird Casper <laughs> reinterpretations. Yeah. So. We need but, to hear the full song, see if he uh, had the idea that Casper could have been Richie Rich also. Because then... Matt Groening really ripped him off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not in it. I, <laughs> I don't listen to Daniel Johnson a ton, but I have heard Casper the Friendly Ghost a number of times. How long is the full version? Here. I think it's only two minutes long. All right. But anyway, let's let's get to uh, real quick. The wrap up of the, what the, we thought. The narrative. Do you think this uh, documentary tells an interesting narrative? I mean, yeah, just watching but his the life. The narrative of his life was I definitely was, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And just his crazy journeys and stuff. And it is almost like the the one girl, Kathy, or whatever she said, like, like when he talked about it, it's almost, the way he got here, it kind of sounds like an urban legend, like it's not real, but yeah. somehow, like, you know, I was uh, being shipped off from my family, so I joined the carnival, wound up here, guy punched me out, yeah. went to a Christian church, got fixed up, and... Uh, <laughs> Became and, uh, a man of God. Forced my way onto MTV. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He did. He just became a man of God. Sold his soul to Satan to become famous. Well, and... maybe he sold his soul to Satan earlier, and then he became was trying insane. to renege on the deal. Which yeah. the war on the letter E and the number nine. Oh, his whole life is an after-school special that would make a fantastic dramatization movie. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting film and an interesting narrative, I think. But we. What do you think? Uh, Josh kind of already stated he does not get Daniel Johnston's music. Nope. <laughs> I like, I think the Casper song is funny, but yeah, I don't know. I, admittedly, I've only heard what was in the movie just now. Yeah. But, you know, other than Casper and uh, the Mountain Dew song, <laughs> I don't know. That catchy Mountain Dew I'm jingle. As good as Casper is, do you think it'll ever beat the Mountain Dew Nothing slogan. will beat the Mountain Dew. Well, that's okay. Song. I'm just saying, I have two of his yeah, songs you have that to admit I would listen to. It's one to. of the greatest songs ever written. Oh, absolutely. Josh, so, my, <laughs> I will give that. My exposure is limited specifically to this documentary. I knew zero before it turned on. Yeah, I mean, and I want to know yep. more. I, I want to hear the music. I'm, I'm extremely interested in overanalyzing his lyrics. I'm more interested in seeing all of his artwork. If there's like, yes. if there are lots of drawings to look at. There probably are. Just, yeah. If his, uh, his, former manager that got fired if he would just scan all that stuff he buys well from the sounds of it he wouldn't scan it he would have to <laughs> fit, photocopy, he would have to it photocopy actual... each one individually and make the book and send it Get to, to the xerox you. machine sure, why not but he's i i think it's all very interesting and i've listened to basically everything i could listen to of daniel johnston for a while like a long time ago so i've listened to most of it wow and it's it's all very even if you don't like it it's all a very interesting journey mm -hmm. i think like mm -hmm. the whole experience it's is definitely yeah interesting. that's what i was saying like yeah just just watching this guy's life was just fascinating i do feel bad out of all of it for i mean i think his dad more than his mom and not just because of the plane crash yeah <laughs> because early on when he's on the tape recorders, I asked my dad what he was afraid of, and he said, you know, the thing that terrified him the most is that when he's older, his kids won't be able to take care of him. Yeah. But then it was, you know, ended up being the total opposite. They had to, they were old, but they still had to take care of Daniel, so. Yeah, And that last sad. scene with them, when he, when the dad says that he doesn't know how much longer they have Yeah, to he's like worried about what's going to happen, him. what's going to happen yeah. to Daniel when we're gone, so. Yeah, I felt really I think, bad for the dad. 
I think they died a few years after the documentary, but Daniel did make some money then, and I think he even ended up getting his own house. But, nice. Um, his brother took care of him, basically, helped yeah. take care of him, basically, until the rest of his life, but his mental health didn't really get much better, as I understand. Mm. So, although he was a, able to, you know, give interviews and stuff when okay. he was older, so he's like, I mean, he, maybe he was certainly better than when he was in the West Virginia hospital singing about Mountain Dew, but... <laughs> yeah. Although that was his best work, so... It was his best work, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's... sent it to Pepsi. Missed opportunity. They yeah. still, if it's archived, they might they could still make a deal with his estate. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, That's true. In in any case, I think um, I think Stress Music still releases his music to this day. I it's it's a very interesting interesting story, more than anything. And yeah, it is an interesting tragic story. <laughs> well, it has an odd amount of similarities to our next movie too. Oh, okay. Okay. and I don't know. Yeah, but at least I, I'll be more familiar with the music. Yeah, because you guys don't know a lot about Tiny Tim's life. Nope, nothing. And I are like two songs of his main songs, and I know he did the first SpongeBob song. That is my extent of knowledge well, of Tiny I'm Tim. Well, I'm a little bit of an expert, you might say. Yes, so, you are. <laughs> so I, I've I was very interested in the Daniel Johnston stuff. Holly probably wants me to tell this bizarro story. Sure. The Daniel Johnston story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you so, met him, too. <laughs> no. No, but, but I did. <laughs> so there was a, there was a time, it's, it's around the time of Hollywood video, I watched this movie, I think it was maybe the second time I watched it, and I got violently sick that night, like oh. deliriously sick, and there, back then, for whatever reason, I would get sick a lot, and things would like seep into my brain. This happened with home movies once. Where like, I was watching the the, I don't know the commentary on the home movies okay. DVDs, and then I was like really sick, and I just laid on the floor, and all I could hear was like Brendan Small and Lauren <laughs> Bouchard and stuff. It was like just blazing in my head, and it hurt so much. Oh man! For like half a day. Wow. It was the most horrifying experience. But you ate. Wait, wait. But ASA. TTN? Yes. All strings are tuned to notes? All strings are tuned to notes. See, now you'll never Thor forget. Thorvon Clemson's advanced <laughs> fast, fast hand finger wizard master class. Uh, anyway. <laughs> That'd be like the episode with McGurk when he goes camping. Oh, yep, those are the poisonous berries. And Kinda he's like all that, like but, hallucinating. <laughs> but Daniel Johnston, um, I watched the documentary and I was really sick, running a fever of like 103, 103.5, some, some bizarre thing. No. But I, I was crazy sick, and I started, like, you know, just deliriously hallucinating and sleeping on a couch. And Holly came up, and she was trying to help me and stuff. And I was like, it's nice of you to do this, but I don't know who you are. And she's, like, you know, really confused. And and she's like, I don't... And I kept saying, I don't know why you keep calling me Rodney. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, who do you think you are? I was like, Daniel... Daniel Johnston. <laughs> so for like a day, I thought I was Daniel Johnston because I was running such a high Dude. fever and I was insanely sick. No, you I were. The just... devil was using Daniel's body that day, so he popped Daniel into your body. Yeah. There you go. But like all I could think of was like, 
Daniel Johnston's music and art was like running violently oh my through gosh. my head while Whoa. I was hallucinating. That would be terrible to have crazy happen. nightmare ducks and Captain America yeah. with a cross coming to save you for like one night because I had just watched the movie and was like, <gasps> oh, yeah. insanely sick. Holy cow! Yeah, imagine well for all of us that just saw it for the first time, all that in your head, and that's what you get for your crazy. Maybe your parents gave you acid. Hallucinating and crazy sick. I don't know. <laughs> It's a it's a weird thing. So yeah, that that would truly be terrifying. I had that experience. Wow. I had the Daniel Johnson experience for one day, and I can say it was horrifying. Ooh, it was I horrifying. I've never experienced anything even close. No. Nope. <laughs> as far as I know, I've never thought I was anyone else. So. Yeah, I used to get like crazy sick, and like that's what would happen. I would just you know start hallucinating or getting get crazy Ooh. delirious. But anyway, that's not really that important. So. <laughs> Devil and Daniel Johnston, did you like it? I found it very interesting. I definitely, there were parts where, well, obviously the Mountain Dew part, but there were definitely parts where we were laughing out loud and other parts were like, oh, that's kind of sad and like, ugh, and the worst freaking dentist part. Oh, why, <laughs> Daniel? The dentist part is almost as bad as hearing the story of the elderly woman. Oh, yep. that one was really bad. Yeah. That was very sad. That was the worst. Uh, I, I en enjoyed it. I I want to hear more of the music and learn more about the story. Like it seems like the whole thing is about his tragic story and a lot of these, you know, tragic artist stories like it's them trying their best whereas with him it seems like he wants his life to be a tragic story all the way to the end. Maybe. It's hard to say. It was definitely interesting. <laughs> I have a lot of misgivings about a lot of the <laughs> stuff happening to him and around him <laughs> but it's certainly yeah. an interesting subject it is definitely an interesting subject no doubt about that there was his friend that the time that he was in the river splashing around and his friend because you were just talking about fevers his friend's like i had like 103 fever and these people had me come down here because he was splashing like, around look, in I the river i can't come down no you you need to yeah. come yeah. down <laughs> but it's a whole thing because you're saying it's like the another that one wasn't a bus. That was a mental institution, right? Yeah. Where he's like, I felt bad because we always talked about these great artists. Like, I go, they were a little bit crazy, and I always hated the people that stifled them. Yeah. But then here I am like, well, Daniel, can't deal with you. We need to get yeah. you into the loony bin. When he's standing in the middle no, of exactly. like, a like, river. But how do you handle that? In the exactly. middle of the night, and just splashing water and saying, running water, and screaming about Satan. And then the, like, what the hell yeah, are you Yeah, but then doing? the police showed up. It's like, okay. I guess you guys got to take over now. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, man. Anyway, yeah. I like this movie. Obviously, I liked <laughs> yeah. this movie. Yeah, you've watched it like eight times. <laughs> eight times. I do good. not have the mental fortitude. I'd watch it again. It's well, great. And it's I'd great listen movie. to all I'd the like music to, with you. I'd yeah. be in watching awesome, it if man. I like did more research and found out more stuff, and then you can watch it more with a greater yeah. knowledge of Daniel Johnston. Yeah, we didn't talk about Laurie a whole lot, but after the documentary, they did meet and talk a little bit and stuff that's about it but she had no idea as i understand she had no idea this was all going on and, and he was obsessed one with day someone confronted years. her with the idea that this guy was obsessed with her for like 20 some odd years and that he'd just been constantly writing songs about her and she's like this is yeah, that's I don't crazy. know how to process that. Yeah, well, I mean, the documentary didn't really talk about her a whole lot either. Like all of the Lori stuff was in his head, 
Like, yeah. She yeah. wasn't very involved, and so it's kind of appropriate that we didn't talk about her a whole lot. Yeah, because yeah. she was just, there were some videos he took she of her there, and hung he around her. And she definitely plays a coach. major role in his music and art, so. Yeah, well, that's good. exactly, so it was more like in his head than, because yeah, yeah, they're saying, well, in really, reality, they in had reality, very like, little interaction, but in his mind and the world he had created, she was the, the, love the of his main life, character, and he's just trying to play to her. <laughs> anyway, so... Very interesting stuff. Uh, I, th- I think we've been recording enough time so that we'll mo- yeah. we'll move on to the next one. Right. Um, it's going to be weird. Bring on Woo, some tiny more Tim. More crazy musicians. I, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I am not. Yeah. I do yeah. not have okay. a gauge on the craziness yeah, like, well, that after is this tiny one, Tim. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm ready well, for whatever you've got. Okay. Well, well, I'll bring it on. <laughs> don't you worry, because I know a lot about, okay. about this stuff. So <laughs> we'll get back to you in just a little bit. Marvelous Merville, at your service. Marvelous Merville, that's my name. And I'll do my best to entertain you with magic and laughter, cause that's my game. I could light up the sky each day at sunrise and darken the clouds when it's time to rain. That's some of the magic I have mastered. I'll show you the rest when you call my name. Now we have Tiny Tim, King for a Day from 2020-2021, a documentary of the famous misunderstood oddity Tiny Tim, otherwise known as Herbert Corey, the popular attraction for late-night and variety shows such as Laugh-In, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, Ed Sullivan, etc. Tiny Tim's marriage to Miss Vicky on The Johnny Carson Show was the most watched episode of that show, at least until Johnny Carson's, um, like... Last episode, retirement episode. He had a huge hit with the album God Bless Tiny Tim in 1968, and all sorts of celebrities were praising him, but pop culture quickly moved on, and Tiny lived a strange and bizarre life of struggle as he desperately tried to get that hit one more time. A few times, he even almost made it. Not that the movie goes into that very much, but at at 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, the documentary also includes narration by Weird Al Yankovic. The negative blurb blurb this time comes from Sheila O'Malley of RogerEbert.com, who says, the documentary makes a valiant and not entirely successful stab at contextualizing Tiny Tim. Many people call him a novelty and weirdo. So let's, uh, Let's find out what we all think about the documentary and Tiny Tim. Do you guys like uh, Tiptoe Through the Tulips? I, that's the one I'm most familiar with now. I think just about everyone has heard that one I've ever met. And that was his, uh, yeah, his, like music on the Johnny Carson show. Yeah. It's just like an instrumental version of that. Dun, 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 yep. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Welcome, Tiny Tim. Yeah. Yeah, it's his most popular song. Very popular song in general. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if you knew that the Lawrence Welk show did that on 1979's Easter Passover episode where Sandy Gale and Mary Lou do tiptoe through the tulips. They actually did it multiple times on the show. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Did they ever get Tiny Tim? Tiny did not appear. I don't think think Lawrence Welk was terribly aware of Tiny Tim. (laughs) I just, I don't know. Unfortunately, they also didn't do his Christmas classic oh on my that. Gosh. So. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the start we got before this was yeah weird. So we'll go into the into the movie. Um, so, as far as a narrative structure is concerned, what do you think about this film in general? I mean, yeah, the other one I like how it went through the like basically. Daniel Johnson's whole life. This one is more just, you know, the act, Tiny Tim. It did talk a little bit about, like, very yeah. briefly at the beginning, how he grew up or whatever, but... It certainly talked about his life, but generally more of the dark parts and not the weirder elements of it as much. Okay, that's fair. I think with this one, they tried to do a surrealist storytelling thing throughout this, which I thought was weird. Like, it worked with... Uh, Daniel Johnston, because a lot of it was just his art kind of reimagined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought it was a little disjointed for this one, because... There were those weird, like, yeah, comic interlude things or whatever with, like, the comic version of Tiny Camera or yeah. whatever, the animated things. I I read a little bit about this being made, and there was, there was a few issues with, like, getting certain things cleared, and they couldn't get some people on camera and there was a lot of stuff like that so they had to just like mm. wing it oh, okay. in order to get it to work right okay that makes sense because feel like it feels like there's a lot of missing information and for me i don't know yeah. anything about tiny tim other than this documentary and the album that you played for that us we listened to that yeah. one time. we listened to god bless tiny tim one time when we were painting miniatures because i was just randomly talking about it mm-hmm. which is the Reason I decided that we should do the episode. But, yeah, there isn't... There's a lot of context as to what Tiny Tim was going through, but it doesn't explain it. I don't think it explains his career that well. Not a ton, no. It's just, I mean, it gives, like, highlights, I guess. Like, the, obviously, the yeah, marriage. Yeah, he was on, on this, Johnny and Carson then he did show, this, so and then he did deal. this. Like, it, like, a list of facts put into this surreal yeah. storytelling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's certainly a lot of interesting moments, and... I think it's a pretty fascinating... I mean, none of you have read the book, but no. um, The Eternal Troubadour, the novel, the biography, it's it's pretty fascinating, and this makes a pretty interesting companion piece to it, more than mm. it makes a better standalone documentary, because mm. it, it talks about, like, Miss Tulip and everything. Yeah, she was on it a little bit. That's the daughter, right? Yeah. She was in it a little bit. Like, I'd never even seen yeah, we her got, like, before, other than, like, her baby pictures, so... Yeah, we got, like, yeah. two scenes with her in it, just briefly talking about her dad, and then She's one time like, saying, eh, I just now can use him as an, as an excuse, excuse for the way I am. Yeah. What do you expect? Okay. My dad was Tiny oh, you're Tim. the daughter, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird, but it was interesting to see Tulip. It was interesting to get the interview with Miss Vicky... Stuff like that. But, I don't know. There, there are a lot of interesting things in it, and I think Weird Al is a pretty good choice yeah. for a narrator, yeah. actually. Yeah, it's just it, funny, because, yeah, I'm used to him, like, all comedy stuff, so to have him just do a serious narration, it was weird. Yeah, just, like, <laughs> you know... Oh, yeah, because his diary entries that yeah, Weird Al just, reads is pretty yeah, dark like, and messed I up. am in hell. Yeah. <laughs> my soul is in hell. Word. Like, I'm... Yeah, but my soul is in hell, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. But not like the Weird Al, I'm in hell! Ow! Not like yeah. you, Jeff. It's just... Oh, God! Terry! <laughs> Terry! Yeah. So it wasn't... Not like you, Jeff. It was just him, like, yeah, reading as Tiny Tim, I guess. Yeah, I think... 
The movie captures some of his eccentricity and certainly does a good job of capturing how interesting he was as an artist, but it mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't go I don't think it really captures this cultural zeitgeist that was Tiny Tim in the moment. Yes, it's thing I don't I wasn't around obviously, so I don't really know what it was like. For me, the perfect representation of that is really just listening to God Bless Tiny Tim. I think that's as good as you can understand at least him at his popularity. I mean, that's the one I did here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's... It's it's a weird documentary. Aside from his all-time Christmas classic. (laughs) Yeah, aside from his all-time Christmas classic. So, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's... There's a lot... There's a lot going on, and it's really hard to digest it all because the film is like shorter than an That's hour. That's true. It was like twenty minutes. hour fifteen, I think, was the, yeah, the actual was runtime, including credits. I I feel like this movie needs twenty more minutes. Yeah, I that's I agree. It needs twenty minutes of just people talking about random stuff. Yeah, more interesting stories yeah. with him. Well, yeah, because we got that with the, bit at the end where he tells crazy wavy the, gravy. Yeah, tells wavy the story. gravy yeah. tells a. Uh, weird story how they got him away from the mafia and drove yeah. away with him there's a lot of <laughs> stories like that and this movie mostly deals with a tiny's inner turmoil and his brush with fame and the yeah. laughing appearances and stuff like that so and that's all well and good that's probably what people want to see the most of yeah i don't mm-hmm. know i don't necessarily know what you guys thought about this documentary because I've lived with Tiny Tim for, you know, in my mind for a while now. (laughs) He lives rent-free there all the time. Yep, rent-free all the time. It's just constant Tiny Tim (laughs) hanging out in my head. So I guess I'll ask you guys, like, what... After all this, what the hell do you think of Tiny Tim now? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that I know that much more. Like, I could see that... I mean, obviously, he was on, like, you know, Johnny Carson Tonight Show or whatever, so he's popular enough but yeah i just had never heard of him before like two weeks ago whenever it was that we, yeah <laughs> whenever you first sent me that video and then we listened to the album yeah yeah i don't feel like the documentary gave as much insight as one would hope for but yeah. it it was still really interesting um but yeah it just it feels like there's a lot of missing information and so uh, it it doesn't work that well to have a a documentary that relies on you having read this already. Book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think if I don't think it was intended that way, but I feel like it it works better as a companion piece with the book. Mm-hmm. It's just that's just my thing. I kind of wish I had seen this movie before reading the book, but mm. the book has been out for a bit, and you know, I wasn't just gonna wait around with the book on my shelf. <laughs> Do you think so, another? Ten minutes of Johnny Pineapple would help fill fill in the gap. I I love okay, Johnny. Say Pineapple. what you will about Tiny Tim. Johnny Pineapple was way weirder than Tiny Tim. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Pineapple's a strange guy, man. Yeah, like watching him, I'm like, nah, this, this guy seems weird. Put Tiny Tim back He's on. The He's way more normal. The Tiny Tim Museum. Now, let's of life. get back to some normalcy for once. Damn yeah. it! I think uh, I think Johnny Pineapple is just like really into. Uh, like, were they friends at all, or was he just, like, yeah, a mega fan? Okay. Like a yeah, I think neighbor. he was, like, a friend or neighbor. He was a friend, okay. but he, like, they met because he was a neighbor, and he was, like, Miss Sue's neighbor. I don't think this movie does any work trying to yeah, explain Yeah, it's like, I don't that. really know who he was. He was just some guy I think we a got, like, fan. a note at the bottom, 
that was like friend of Tiny Tim or friend slash neighbor of Tiny Tim. As I understand it, he didn't really know anything about Tiny Tim except that he thought he was weird. And then Miss Sue started talking all the time about him. Yep. And then he was like, finally met Tiny Tim. And he's like, oh, wait a second. It's not just a novelty. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like, oh, this is how he actually is. Oh, no, He's that, serious. That actually is just him. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess we should go into more about what actually happens in the documentary. So there's there's a lot of disjointed interviews of people talking about, like, his appeal and how... He's just this weird freak wandering the city, and some yeah. people were just obsessed with him because of his, like, sexual ambiguity and all this stuff. Like, yeah, there was a thing that when he first started performing or whatever, like, it came to him or whatever to sing in the sissy voice or yeah, whatever. He, I must yeah, use he, the, sissy, the voice. sissy voice. Well, I think that was one of the journals they read. Is like, he prayed oh, to... Yeah, yeah. To be popular or something yeah. along those lines, and then he then God woke up with the with the soprano. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that's right. And so he knew that he was chosen to sing in the soprano. Instead, so he just wake up one morning and go, oh! Yeah, he must have just just stretching. That's the sound that came out. <laughs> that's how I should sing. <laughs> that was perfect. I mean, it worked because that yeah, the tiptoe through the tulips was his most popular song, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big fan of old-timey music that was even old-timey when he was doing that stuff. Yeah. You know, songs from the 1910s. and Yeah, they talked about his records, and he'd listen to Bing Crosby. Rudy Valley. Yeah. Um, Arthur Tracy, stuff like that. Big. I'm a big Arthur Tracy fan. I'm a big Rudy Valley fan. You guys uh, I I know them by things. name, but... <laughs> no. I know Bing Crosby, but... Yeah, everyone knows Bing anything. Crosby. Anything be- before then, it trails off quickly. <laughs> well, I mean, Bing Crosby had a longer career than most of them. That's uh, that's okay, part that of helps. it. Yeah, not the. This is not a Bing Crosby documentary. <laughs> thank God, but <laughs> I do like that both of these characters from both of them kind of have a weirdly similar origin in that they're in this family and they're weird. They get yeah. constantly told that. Your music is you're terrible. Not, Go get a job. You're with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both of them were religiously raised. Mm-hmm. Well, Tiny Tim wasn't so religiously raised. Well, yeah, he, he became religious. Yeah. Like, it, I guess they don't really go into it here other than, like, in his diaries. Like, was that an early thing of his? Or no, he was he get... an adult before he even became religious. Oh, in okay. The slightest. Basically, he was a depressed person wandering around thinking, oh, I want to become a famous musician, and things just didn't work out well for him. He saw a preacher, and then that was it. Oh, well. There you go. And then all of a sudden, he was insanely religious, out of the blue. I mean, all the documentary talked about is how people kept telling him to go to a psychiatrist. He went to a church and talked to a priest, and the priest said to go see a <laughs> yeah, psychiatrist. If, if a priest tells yeah. you to go see a psychiatrist, you are definitely in need of help. <laughs> Yeah, the film also doesn't go into some of the other oddities of his youth. Like, he used to primarily eat, like, this concoction of honey and, like, oats and... If you said like, peanut butter, because that comes up a lot through his life. Yeah, it's it's like honey, oats, wheat germ, like, sun uh, pumpkin seeds. He just, like, mixed those things together and then eat that. That's primarily what he ate. Hmm. 
Protein balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's what it sounds like, like a protein Nutrition bar. Nutrition balls. <laughs> yeah, because like for a good portion of his life, he was actually a vegetarian. Oh, interesting. Never mentioned that in the documentary, yeah, but he he intended to largely be a vegetarian. Although sometimes he would eat meat. He would very occasionally, but okay. In later in his life, he gained an excessive amount of weight because he wouldn't stop eating ice cream and beer. Mm. Okay, well that'll definitely <laughs> cause he's some doing weight. Like uh, yeah, like root beer floats, but beer floats, beer milkshakes, beer, yeah, beer, beer milkshakes. milkshakes. <laughs> People that brought you beer milkshakes. And a milkshake. What flavor? Beer. Beer. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. They talk about an altercation where his mom gets mad at him and like breaks a bunch of his records and stuff. They they don't talk about the fact that he was he was getting odd jobs here and there, and then he worked at a distribution center for film, which allowed him to see allowed him to see free movies all the time and he loved that he became obsessed with tuesday weld because of it and then later elizabeth taylor but he he was doing that and then he would take his paycheck and spend all of it on either records or like uh photocopying public domain sheet music and just memorizing (laughs) it wow yeah, they definitely didn't yeah. get into that. Or... That's no. very... That would explain a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, he knew, like, every song you could ever think of from the era. Like, And, and another thing they don't mention is his odd encyclopedic knowledge. That's that's the thing that's really missing from it, because he, he would be able to come up with a song that someone did the year it was made, the catalog number on... <laughs> on the like record he would know every single one of these things just from memory that's wild yeah i wonder if he had an eidetic memory or something like that yeah but unfortunately it was like a long time ago so nobody really checked out tiny that's the Mm. i think that's the true tragedy of tiny tim nobody really was helping him nobody was trying to do anything for him they're just like get out of here tiny you're weird uh, did they, they ever didn't weird just looking. stick him on a bus, though? Yeah, yeah they just yeah, stick him on a bus all the time. Uh, what happened with that? They mentioned in the movie there was they were going to do like a movie where he was going to be a ringmaster or something. Oh yeah, the Bob Dylan thing. So yeah, he, so he met Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan was like, "Oh man, this guy's the greatest thing ever." Is way before he was famous, and he was filming portions of just random stuff like, "Oh yeah, we'll make we're a movie make with a movie. you." <laughs> Never happened. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned it in the movie, but it was, like, pretty brief. So I was like, what was the deal with that? Yeah, there's not a whole lot to know about it, except that Bob Dylan recorded a lot of footage with Tiny Tim. Yep. And mm. uh, there isn't much of it that's been seen, so that's about all you can know. It's it's weird stuff. I also think in this one, they do kind of spring Tiny Tim's success on you more than in the previous one. Yeah. Not so much rise to fame in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it feels like it feels like he becomes famous out of nowhere when watching the documentary. Yeah. But that's that couldn't be further from the truth. Well, he was like working on it nonstop. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like the people making the documentary knew a whole lot about Tiny Tim in the first place. I think they probably did. I just I don't know. I don't know what they went in a weird direction for telling the the narrative because it seems like they focus too much on he was super famous rather than 
this is how we got famous. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whereas I think in uh, Daniel Johnston, Daniel Johnston, his, it did uh, go a lot more into okay, yeah, well, yeah, he, everything this is how he get, got there, and just to get on MTV in the first place was like yeah. a big. Yeah, a lot of stuff to get there. But I mean, maybe just with Daniel Johnston, there was more to say because he was still alive when it was made. Maybe, maybe. and there be. were family members to interview, stuff like that. I don't know. Tiny's career was pretty long. Like there, there's a lot to say about Tiny Tim. Yeah, I think. But I mean, there's a whole book about him. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, you, they couldn't uh, get interviews with everybody. Some people wouldn't didn't want to be on camera and all of that. Whereas people involved in Daniel Johnston's life were more than willing to do it and you know maybe the reason is just one was alive and one wasn't yeah or partly probably because people just people that personally knew Tiny Tim either loved him like crazy as you saw in like, yeah. Wavy Gravy and Johnny Pineapple and Miss Sue <laughs> yeah. and stuff or just I don't want to have anything yeah, to do with I'm that I'm done guy. with him no, no. Mm. but uh, there were a few things that they I feel like would have been interesting to touch on but it just i don't know it's confusing because it's a very interesting documentary but at the same time i feel like there's so much missing yeah there was a uh, that funny moment where it showed that he was in that movie you were like he was in a movie flood harvest huh? <laughs> oh yeah he was in a, yeah he was in a b-horror movie yeah rodney gets up goes to his <laughs> grabs it it's right here yeah here it is josh blood harvest well then really what we need to do is pause and watch that yeah. And then continue this. <laughs> oh, Blood Harvest is cool. He said he has a fairly significant role. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's not like the main main character. He's like a supporting role, but he's like in it Still. all the time. Yeah. I mean, he like sings in it. He's doing weird clown stuff. Crazy. Clown he's a very guy. big part. Yeah, it is crazy clown time actually. <laughs> it was crazy clown time. He's a very big part of the plot, so I don't know. <laughs> Now, there is one thing I do have to give with the this one, is I think you see a lot more of, it. I guess, the advantage it has over, my opinion, uh, Daniel Johnston, is the fact that you do see Tiny Tim at his heyday, and like, oh, he's yeah. going here, he's doing this, whereas Daniel Johnston's like, oh, he was, like, everyone that was famous at the time knew him, and then there's like a couple clips here clips and there. of like him doing stuff. Yeah, I mm-hmm. just I just don't think people were recording him in his like heyday when when it came to Daniel Johnston. That's where it, Yeah, that definitely I mean Tiny Tim was on Johnny Carson, so of course yeah, he was I recorded. Mean, he was nationally syndicated many, many times on like Laughing and Johnny Carson and stuff. Yeah. So. Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan loved him. Jackie Gleason, absolutely obsessed. He, he couldn't could not get more enough, praises Tim. about Tiny Tim, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, as you're saying, they got like more fan mail about him than like anything else. Yeah, and uh, the the Bing Crosby performance is fascinating because he he does this thing, like he plays this little game with Bing Crosby where he does like Bing says, "Oh, first I gotta mention he keeps calling him Mr. Crosby." He's like, "It's it's okay, you can call me, you know, Bing. I mean, I called you TT, so." <laughs> and he's like. Okay, uh, uh, Mr. Bing. Mr. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny, but he he does this little game with Bing Crosby where he says, I'm going to sing a song from one of my movies, and then you tell me what the movie is, and then sing another song from it. And like he do- I think he does like four of them, and he 
does every single one of them. He like tells them the movie when it was released and then sings another song from it. It's ridiculous. That's impressive. See, that's the kind of thing that should have been in the documentary. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. It's like, how does this happen? Like, how did this guy get underappreciated throughout the 50s? Until, like, the late 60s was the only time anybody actually cared about Tiny Tim. Yeah, it seems like the majority of his fame was kind of condensed into, like, 1965 to 1969. Yeah, and really it has a lot more to do with, uh, I think his big fame period is 1968 to 1970, really. That's, that's like, where everybody was really paying attention to him, because, like, late 1969 is when he got married. And... Yeah, I was going to ask, oh, whenever yeah. the wedding was, would have been probably yeah. the highlight. And he became the duet with his uh, first wife. Was it Miss Vicky and yep, he yep. were? Yeah. Miss Vicky. They don't go into uh, his whole thing of calling everyone Mr. and Miss all the time. I just, yeah. Just just honorifically speaking to ev- about every single person and his weird... They do touch on this, actually, the trophies. The, the girls, giving girls trophies. Every year he would go out and buy a trophy for the most beautiful girl he saw <laughs> that year. Yeah. And he'd, like, give it to them. But one year it was a major controversy because he gave three girls trophies. Wow. <laughs> it was yeah, like I... Miss Cleo, Miss Corky, and I can't remember. They did talk about him being like, Miss Cleo, Miss Cleo. Oh, Miss Cleo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they they just kind of briefly touch on it, but he seems to have a very weird thing going on with women throughout his life. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things I wish they had... Well, I both wish they had either flat out ignored or they had gone into in further detail because it makes him seem more creepy than it probably actually was. Yeah, that was mm. kind of my thought from the way they said it is they don't want to say, "Oh, he was kind of creepy around women." But they don't really go into anything really. Yeah, like I mean, they... one time he climbed down a balcony to see the president of, of his, his fan, fan club and like, "Oh, like don't tell them I'm here." Yeah, like they didn't do anything and then he left. The same way he came in. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's an incident that would have been better to explain that scenario. They sort of briefly hint at it, but there's a girl who's like 14 or 15 breaks into his hotel while no like his room while no one is there, strips completely naked and just waits for him. Yeah, then, they did. Yeah, they sort of kind mentioned of it. it yeah. yeah, and then he's like, I don't know what to do with this and he's like trying to get her out and then she keeps like somehow finding her way into his hotel room and all oh, this God. stuff it's like it's like so he had a weird stalker and oh that's funny but yeah, yeah they were talking about like this could have had huge legal ramifications the kind yeah. of stalker that could get him, him into in trouble prison. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah it's it's a pretty horrifying scenario because like what if you're someone who's largely been ignored by women your entire life and then one day overnight they're breaking into your hotel room, stripping their clothes off and saying, hey, eat honey off of me. Like, it's yeah. insane. Well, especially when they're, like, 14. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, like, extra creepy. Yeah. It's it's hard to comprehend that scenario. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say, speaking of honey and peanut butter, we do get some brief overviews of him when he marries Vicky, and he mentions oh, yeah, that... The... Like he mentions that he mentions a lot of things in that brief moment where they're like, "I, I need I'm to going be to do this." Good to Miss Vicky and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it was very weird. Yes, it's. 
I mean, hey, big ups to Tiny. He he does say he uh he he must eat her regularly. That so is uh, true. All right. He's he's all about giving women what they want. So <laughs> Tiny is an interesting guy. We we kind of just keep talking randomly I, about stuff, which is fine. Well, I do think um, one thing that's funny that they touch on is documentary with, was anyway. Yeah. yeah. When they break up, when him and Vicky break up, it was weird because they cut, talked briefly to her, and it was she was expecting basically they'd get married and do the whole like white picket fence raising. Family, you know, have the kids, three to da, da, da. four children, and he was like, well, no, like, I'm yeah. a musician and I'm doing stuff. Yep. And yep. that was like a huge wedge in the relationship. Yeah. I mean, maybe it would have been, maybe it's a good thing they didn't go into this, but Tiny, like, she got pregnant pretty early on and then she had, like, a miscarriage and it was like, it was actually a pretty big ordeal. But then she had another kid, you know. Tulip. Yeah. That was Tulip, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she was the rainbow baby. Yep. <laughs> so she she existed. But yeah, she left him multiple times. They briefly mentioned that. They they yeah. show yeah, the was... interviews about him. The bizarre interview of him saying like, you know, if if she comes back twenty years from now, you know, I'm yeah, married okay. to her under God and all that stuff. I'll take so her like, back under, under my terms. terms. <laughs> that was not threatening. Yep, it's like, well, what terms? What are, are those? your terms? Well, she's gonna have blood test. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first one. Yeah, it, the one thing that is a uh, pretty bizarre is he was very obsessed with STDs and stuff. Mm. Oh, was, interesting. He was very worried about that sort of a thing. That explains the Christmas song. <laughs> the Christmas yep. Song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. But an another thing they don't talk about too much other than his, like, food thing is his obsession with products. Yeah, I say, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. He, yeah. He did an interview at one point when, uh, when Tulip was announced uh, that, well, at least that Vicky was pregnant they're like, what are you going to name it? I don't know. I was thinking about, like, maybe some product names, like Colgate and stuff. Like, <laughs> like product names for the yeah. child. Because when he was young, he was really obsessed with, like, products. He would get, like, samples in the mail, and he'd be like, ooh, what is this? Really? Oh, let's try out this soap. Oh, it's the greatest soap ever. And then he'd <laughs> suddenly know everything there was to know about this soap, and he'd be constantly singing its praises. <laughs> that is so bizarre. And he was like, he was obsessed with makeup. Doesn't talk about makeup very much on this, but he was constantly wearing the, like, pale face thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, didn't notice, notice that. that. sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and like eyeshadow and stuff. He he would take time to put that, you know, facade on, but mm -hmm. he knew everything there was to know about every single product that he was using. Interesting. Or the fact that he took, I don't know, five, six showers a day, and yeah, every single time he took a shower, he would, would he cover his entire body in lotion and then oh. reapply his makeup. Ooh. <laughs> yep. A lot of lotion. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it is weird, but that's a thing that Tiny Tim did. So, yeah, he's just... okay. He wanted to be slimy some, like a slug. Some OCD <laughs> behaviors there. Yeah, yeah. Later on in life, he would go to stores and he just wander around the aisles looking at things for like three hours and be like grocery stores, convenience stores, whatever. Be like looking at products and stuff. He might get two or three items, but 
It's constantly yeah. just looking at everything. Man, I definitely feel a little ripped off by this yeah. documentary now. Like, it <laughs> seems like what they didn't show was the about. more important stuff. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, some of it's just more, more interesting. Well, I agree, because, you know, they always touch on, oh, he knew Bob Dylan. <gasps> he performed at the same place as the Doors before they were famous. Yeah. Like, I just, oh, like, neat but in some ways a lot that's of name dropping and yeah yeah this one had a lot of name dropping in some ways that's kind of good because the documentary does focus like on his artistry and his the fact that he was a one-time famous because we're yeah. like 2022 now there's a pretty good chance that the youngsters have never heard of tiny tim or yeah. didn't know who <laughs> he yep. was i didn't i didn't and <laughs> you know we're in our 30s <laughs> You've never seen the uh, classic film Blood Harvest? No. Mm-mm. <sighs> well, wouldn't you know, Rodney knows someone that has it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have that Vinegar Syndrome release, which I think was a limited release. I'm pretty sure it's out of print, so... Hmm. Well, all right. I mean, it might be expensive. I don't know. I think more people know Blood Harvest now than used to, because I, I'm pretty sure Joe Bob did it on an episode, so... Oh, uh, okay. Anyway. None of that's important. So, yeah. He's, you know, doing Ed Sullivan, all that sorts of stuff. Very interesting. Did the marriage. We went over that briefly. Yeah, how long was he married to Miss Jan, the, the middle one? Oh, yeah, a they month? never mentioned they that. They mentioned her briefly, like, he got married, married to her. They were married for a month, and then she like left month? him yeah. for Donald Trump. Nope. Or she was... No, he's no. Okay, not even close. Well, that's what he was saying, is that she at least was in the like, documentary, like, oh, she met, she met Donald Trump and then she like fell for him and left me. So, okay, what really happened married, at the documentary? Uh, Miss Jan in like 1985-ish or something like mm-hmm. that, and uh, he was married to her pretty much until 1995, almost oh, wow. ten years. Okay, oh. uh, pretty much right around like. So they glossed over ten years of marriage in this thing. Yeah. So he's married to Miss Jan for a long time, but for only a very short time did she actually live with him. Oh, okay. Okay, that is odd. Because she couldn't stand living with him. So she moved away. I could actually get that, judging from some of the things you've said. But it wasn't actually him as much as the fact that he had to take care of his mom in his later years. Mm. So he was like living in a small apartment with his mom, and Miss Jan was like, well, I I can't live with your mom. Yeah. Yeah. So she moved out. And then she basically cheated on him over and over whenever she felt like, and every time she wanted money, she would come back, steal basically all of his money, and he would accept it, because he was married they were married. and wanted sex. And then would, you know, just, just deal with that. And then, you know, there you go. Interesting. Had, she had his money now. <laughs> he was poor all over again. Mm. Okay, that actually explains a lot more about... How he went from being so incredibly popular to, to like I'm poor again, des- yeah, destitute and having to work at a carnival. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't realize that he was totally broke until it started doing that comic type scene of him living in the the apartment with like no power and stuff, and had the and whole animation of him drowning. Yep. Well, a lot of people didn't really give him the money he was he had because they were worried he would spend it, and rightly so. Because mm. he would go on bizarre spending sprees, like ordering every single thing on the hotel menu oh, yeah, because yeah. he didn't know what thing he wanted. And so he'd have like 10 different versions of pancakes. And he's like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to eat any of this. Can you call the band up and say, hey, there's a bunch of pancakes here? 
wow. They're like tiny. It costs like three hundred dollars. <laughs> I could definitely see Holly doing that. Yep. Unfortunately, that does sound like a Holly thing. Holly, my wife, she will she will often go into the store going, I don't know what I'm gonna get. I want all these things. Get it all. Buy all of them. And then give it to people. Here, I bought this. I don't really want it, though. Here you go. Like, Holly, what the hell did you do? (laughs) It happens. Some people just have that mentality. Yep. But Tiny had that, but then he also had the rock star life. Yeah. Yeah. But instead of doing drugs and stuff, he's just like, I want to order everything on the menu, basically. (laughs) And that is very weird. Indecisiveness and and impulse control problems, but not a drug problem. He He would... just order like a room full of ice cream sundaes pretty much and then he just have to pile through them because they're all melting yeah god that is so weird (laughs) yep it is weird but anyway he was he was married to miss jan for a little while and she she kind of held him for ransom to have him do like a wedding vow renewal thing Hmm. on on the air Oh, that one? Halloween. Got on the air too? Yes. Okay, they didn't mention okay. that one in the... On in the Halloween, movie. hosted by Bill Maher. Huh. Oh, sounds boy. horrible, doesn't that it? That sounds like a living nightmare. Did Bill Maher at least dress as, like, Frankenstein's monster or something cool? No, he just made fun of Tiny Tim the entire time. What a eh, dick. That sounds like Bill Maher. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> he didn't understand Bill... Uh, he didn't understand Tiny Tim, much like how Bill Maher doesn't understand most things. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he's you know that was a thing that happened and that was while he was going out with miss sue miss jen he i don't think he even seen her for like a year mm-hmm. maybe he talked oh, to her okay. on the phone or something but he was doing it just because he felt like he owed it to her okay only a couple months later he married miss sue, sue however <laughs> oh they had a weird meetup too yeah when, when she calls because she wants to meet up because she found out he's basically just traveling with ringling brothers right now yeah so uh, she wants to meet up okay and his first question is are you, are you hot? attractive yeah. are you attractive I, I guess so whatever are you thin yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay i guess we can meet up cool <laughs> we'll be there we yep you know, my boyfriend. boyfriend's coming with me oh. Oh. i don't know if i can do this uh, <laughs> might not be the right time I've been waiting 26 years to meet you. Fine. Yep. <laughs> that, that story really didn't add to this weird, uh, the way that he is with women image that it portrayed. It made yeah. him yeah. seem pretty creepy. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the down and out tiny Tim. I don't think yeah. he had female attention for some time at that yeah. point. But he, you know, he meets her and then she just leaves her fiance by the way it's oh, fiance, fiance. Okay. <laughs> for tiny tim yeah she makes the comment that we meet and even he was like so this is the man of your dreams huh She's yeah like, he jokes and yeah like, yeah yeah he is bye yeah see you yeah well all right <laughs> yeah she's like i was like within two or three minutes we knew like okay well you know how how often do you get to you know both meet and marry the the person that you were obsessed with that's some kind of crazy that's, celebrity. I don't think I've been waiting 26 oh, have... years to meet any celebrities. Yeah. I don't even know who I would think of. You don't have a... 
You don't have like a wish list dream girl. No. <laughs> I mean, I was excited to wait a week to see Weird Al at the Salt Lake Comic Con. Yeah. Makes sense. No, that... I mean that that was my big celebrity exciting ordeal. <laughs> I met Paul Williams. Yes. That's pretty oh, cool. nice. Yeah, but unfortunately he didn't marry me. So. No. <laughs> Within two or three minutes it was clear that it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. So it's a it's a fascinating story that she tells. You know, she gets married to him and he has all these health problems and a year and some change later he's dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I gotta say that is probably one of the creepier videos just yeah. in general when we see him get on the stage and he starts talking and he starts doing something with his right arm and then he just yeah. falls face forward because he had a heart attack what's creepy about it is he's like actively sick and he's like oh forgive me if something happens I'm i gotta go on though. Was like, yeah that's so weird yeah well it's crazy wasn't he in the end when he was his last performance wasn't he doing like a short version of Tiptoe Through the Tulips. So, like, his most yeah. famous song was, like, his final Yep, and then he moments, died, basically. basically, on stage. Yeah, but that's that's kind of the best thing about his story, is, mm-hmm. like, he went out doing the exact thing he loved to do mm-hmm. with the people he loved surrounding yep. him. Yeah. And the, the, the song he was known for, also, it's, like, all yeah. came full circle. I mean, how could you do it more perfectly? Yeah. Really. But... It's it's a very tragic but also kind of heartwarming moment, but they don't really explain the performance that well either. No, Johnny yeah. Pineapple's like, okay, picture it. You come here, this is Tiny Tim. This, this is about where you were standing. <laughs> yeah, he was more concerned about the location was. Tim was standing at the time. So it's a, it's a performance at Miss Sue's mom's rest home or Is something that what it was? like okay. that yeah i did not uh, know what that building was it, the it, well the people there are like at a rest home but it's actually it's like they went to that location it's okay. not a rest home itself but like it was a benefit some kind of a benefit thing that he was playing at and he was doing it for free and he he didn't want to perform he felt really sick and she's like you don't have to do it you know he's like no i have to do this because you know if if I do if I don't do it, then people will think I didn't do it just because I didn't wasn't getting paid anything. Uh, and mm. so he went there, performed like he was supposed to perform three songs, but he performed five songs, and, oh, okay. and then he did his last song, which was the sixth one, "Tiptoe Through the Tulips." But it was like at the end of the night, and half the people had already left. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, but he also bought. Um, Sue and her mom bought like a hundred copies of his like newest album at the time, which was like Tiny Trim, a tribute to Russ Columbo, which if you're a big Tiny Tim person, this is his second best album. Okay. I have never been able to track down a copy uh, for a reasonable price, but I have listened to it. It's amazing. Miss Sue bought them all up. Well, she only bought like a hundred copies, but... <laughs> um, well, hey, Miss Sue, if you're out there listening to this and you got an extra copy, I'll pay you for it. The <laughs> Russ Columbo album. Um, anyway, so, yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool album. So if you're going to own two uh, Tiny Tim albums, 
God bless Tiny Tim. Tribute to Russ Colombo. Those, those are the best two, for sure. So you got the bookmark, or the bookends that you need to get. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, he does have other good albums, but... Oh, uh, yeah. And and this movie doesn't really go into how prolific he was as No, a, not really, because I don't know how many albums he did or anything. Yeah, well, most of it seemed like they were just focused on his appearances on tv shows, shows. Yeah, yeah basically that is part of you know when why he was famous though yeah um the you know he had the first three big albums but they did not talk about his third album his like children's album he made an album of like children's songs that was like nominated for grammys and stuff they never bring it up wow. in the yeah. documentary <laughs> but i mean it was a big hit it sounds like <laughs> Yeah, he also did uh, this one called Girl with the Brave Combo. It's a just group of people backing him up. And he does covers of old songs, the Beatles song Girl. I don't oh, okay. know, just a bunch of stuff. Anyway, that's a good album, too. So there you go. So we mostly talked about what the documentary talks about. I'm talking about things that the movie's not even talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's like, we got a lot more information from you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well we again, that's, that's kind of the problem with this one, is so much of it was just kind of like, you know, him on this show, and then people talk about, oh yeah, he went on that show, and that helped him be popular. Yeah. Then he did this. Yeah, I mean, I think what what is important here is it does give some context to what tiny tim actually is as opposed to just being like you know with your experience here paul check out this weird youtube video what the hell is that (laughs) exactly (laughs) now i do have to say this one also did something that i definitely think the other one didn't capture in the same way in that with tiny tim you see him going from being really popular and you actually see like a downward Mm-hmm. spiral of he went from being super popular to uh, not as popular to you know playing at a traveling carnival yeah there were brushes with fame though that they didn't glo- they didn't they really glossed over a lot like he recorded a whole country album and people were trying to transition to him to be a country artist That'd be weird. and a single was released and it was doing quite well oh. supposedly it's really good but I don't think the album was ever released, so... Weird. Oh, yeah, see, it's weird they wouldn't talk about... Because the way they painted it is kind of like, he started up here, and then he just kind of went down after his wedding. Yeah, and his many appearances on the Howard Stern Show, how he became a regular yeah, guest on the Yeah, that wasn't on there Stern at all. Show. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a big thing. And uh, how Howard Stern talked about a certain song he loved of his quite a bit. Yeah, just... Just some stuff like that. Another thing is he had another popular hit. Nobody talked about it. It wasn't like huge, but it was a, like nov- a popular novelty hit. When mm. That was a thing. Tiptoe to the gas pumps. They briefly they, they showed it. a yeah. very yeah. brief performance of it. Yeah, that was almost another hit. <laughs> it, yeah, it seems like with this one, the parts that they left out were the interesting parts that should have been. I in agree. There. Like the airport incident that I was talking to. Oh, you yeah, about. there was airport. that. Well, well that would have gone into what we were talking, talking about. about. They needed people to just tell crazy stories about. Yep. So, in the last few years of his life, uh, Tiny Tim was a big fan of beer. He drank it through a straw. So, he. Uh, interesting. He was at an airport, you know, going to some show or whatever. 
And he was sitting there after drinking a couple beers, the guy that was supposed to drive him around, because, by the way, Tiny Tim had never driven a car in his entire life. Oh, yeah, they didn't um, mention that. <laughs> he's hanging out in the passenger seat. They tell the driver, oh, yeah, this uh, luggage cart has some issues with the brake, you know, be careful. And he's like, okay. So uh, the cart starts rolling while Tiny Tim is alone in the cart in a busy airport, <laughs> having never driven a car before. And so he starts freaking out, like, how do I stop it? No, these people are going to get hurt. And he, like, jumps into the, you know, driver's seat. He's, like, you know, just pressing on everything he can to try and figure out what's going on. He doesn't know what a gas or brake pedal oh. is. So oh, he's just lurching around, like, he runs into one person, and oh, runs God. into another person, like, runs into a couple people. One of them, their arm is all messed up, stuff like that. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, like, how did they not? old lady, she... I don't. I don't think she died. She got injured pretty badly, but Jeez. then he eventually got it to crash into a wall. God. Why didn't they put that in the? Yeah, yeah, that's the stuff we were missing from this one. Yeah, very fascinating. And like story. the other one, just like no, don't put the airplane incident in. That's not interesting. People. Yeah, no one wants that. to hear about that. But it's a very weird thing because there he was under investigation about it's like oh he was under the influence and driving a luggage cart around. It's like <laughs> that's not the story, and if and that... his uh, his lawyers were like don't say anything about it. like the fact if you've had anything. Don't say anything. And they ask him immediately. He's like, well, I had uh, two beers. Because he like, <laughs> wouldn't lie about anything. Yeah. That's just the kind of person he was. And he was asked about his, like, even on the Howard Stern show when they brought it up. He's like, well, you know, I, I had a couple beers. So, oh, so you were. He's like, yeah, but I didn't, you know, I've never driven a car. I didn't know what was going on, you know. I was just trying to stop it. And he's like, and the, the beers, you know, it di didn't have anything to do with the beers because they were very good beers. It's like, Tiny, that's not the point. <laughs> don't, don't, you're not helping. <laughs> even if the that story was in the documentary, it probably would have had the negative spin that, that people were saying, not yeah. not your perspective on it. It's, it's a fascinating story. <laughs> Everything about Tiny Tim is really fascinating. Oh. And one of the things I am interested in, like, I think perhaps one of the best moments of the documentary is discussing his relationship with Bobby Gonzalez. Oh, which is yeah. Way early in early the documentary. In. Yeah. His weird relationship with this young guy who just uses him as a punching bag and is like this. He's all for it. Physical yeah. relationship with one another. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. They don't go into it a whole lot, but I, I don't. Think it it's was necessary. That. I think that was actually the right amount of time to go. Yeah, it was that. pretty brief. It was but just they, right at the beginning. There somehow tracked down Bobby Gonzalez and had yeah. a brief moment with him. I yeah, they actually what... had him like read like the diary entries from Tiny Tim. Like, like positives I, about him, but there was like the I never negatives. even knew Zero. he felt this way about me. Yeah, but like, what was he thinking? Like, what what went on there? Like after that, know. how did he feel about knowing? what tiny felt of him though. yeah yeah and they they didn't get into that at all and it seemed more like they threw that in just because they had been talking about the you know ambiguity of tiny tim yeah so and let's let's talk about yeah, how we're not very sure androgynous in voice sexual and orientation and, yeah. to throw in this you know homosexual potential relationship uh just to so you could kind of be like oh even his sexuality was yeah. androgynous 
Oh yeah, that that moment that they that, showed that stupid uh, uh, that video. Oh geez, one of those old like, propaganda Ralph. BS. Church Ralph has movies. a mental illness. Ralph is a homosexual. Yeah, sickness <laughs> of the mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that part. Oh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> those those old things. Oh yeah. man. And oh. I also like the like weird chart that he made for Bobby Gonzalez. Yeah, we were talking about that where it's like all the positive things and nothing bad. Bad points. Zero. zero. Like an actual zero. zero. Several zeros. So weird. Yeah. That's... That, there's so many... There are a few weird stories like that, you know, like Bobby got mostly naked, jumped into his bed, and his parents found you know, well, and then, like, like Tim, like, back. yeah, gave him, like, a back massage, and he fell asleep in his bed, and then his dad, dad came home in. and freaked out, or... I mean, it's gotta be a terrifying experience. Yeah, it's... Oh, there's so much on here that it fe feels like they half-touched or barely-touched that I want to know more of now. What do you think about the weird experience of Tiny Tim going home every day with... His parents having no door on their bedroom. Oh, that, 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 little, that, that weird little cartoon. cartoon. Yeah, they the have a cartoon of, of like them like his getting... parents banging, and he has to walk by their bedroom just to leave his room. So he he <laughs> stayed in his room and just you know focused on music to to tune out the sound of his parents God. loudly having sex. Like yep. the impression That's I one got. Of those things. It's like I yep. bet that certainly didn't help his psyche as a yeah. young child. Very strange stuff. So Tiny Tim led a very strange life. Yes, he did. So what did you think about this movie? <laughs> I know I went off about like, oh, they yeah. missed this, they missed that. I could do that for a few more hours probably, <laughs> so we'll move on. In the extended well, cut. I do wish Rodney some of the, will uh, just talk about Tiny Tim for three I hours. I wish some of the stuff though. from the Rodney cut was in there. The uh, Rodney <laughs> cut would be like three hours long. Well, like the airport scene yeah. the cart and stuff? It sounds... Or I would put a, if I could have cleared the video, at least I would have put his cameo from uh, Howard Stern's private parts in it and briefly mm. talked about that. Mm. Stuff like that, you know. I don't know. I've never seen that. Movie. I think that the documentary itself kind of leaves you wanting. It, it takes a, yeah. a while to really, like, get into it and to understand. And then, and then it's just kind of done. Yeah, it's weird. I'm definitely conflicted in kind of the same way. Like, they they touch on things that I found way more interesting than what they go into. And then mind you without Rodney here, I wouldn't have known other things about tiny Tim and his crazy life. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can read the book eternal troubadour. Very good. I mean, he was called the eternal troubadour many times, you know, just knowing every songs for yeah. those, those of you who don't know what a troubadour is. They're essentially a walking encyclopedia that can perform music. That's what a troubadour used to be. We haven't had those in a while. Yep, just in Dungeons and Dragons, and nobody actually yep. plays that element up. Nah, <laughs> but but that's uh, you know that's what it is. He's the eternal troubadour. He just always was that way. Fascinating yeah. guy. This one, I don't know. I thought this one was more depressing. I felt really bad for Tiny Tim, like a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Johnson, obviously. Could feel bad for him too, but he's also like, I mean, you saw. Yeah, his stories were crazy. They were crazy, and it's like, you did feel bad for him, but also the people around him was like, well, he wasn't the easiest to deal with. And I guess 
Tiny Tim did crazy things like his pancakes escapades, but yeah, the pancakes escapades, <laughs> the the megaphone fuming oh, over his funny. megaphone breaking, and so he like doesn't do a performance, and that makes him not be a children's, a children's TV entertainer. Show. Like, but none of insanity. those are, are dangerous escapades, and these are also things that weren't in the documentary. Yeah, those yeah. Are just, that's extra info we got from you. That would be that would be cool stuff to have in the documentary because it's yeah. weird. It would have brought things up a little bit and yeah. like lightened it up and then I feel like you would have been able to appreciate the moments where Tiny was performing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But there's still a, a structure to this. We have to I mean, at least in my opinion, based yeah. it off of what we saw in the documentary. Yeah. So... Yeah, what did you think of the documentary on itself? Not all the weird... Not all that <laughs> stuff and not uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I I mean, it was interesting to watch, but again, like, with the devil and Daniel Johnston, it was interesting to get more of his whole life, whereas Tiny Tim, it just kind of throws you in. Like, a yeah. little brief backstory, and then here's when he was famous, and it tapered off. It yep. kind of would alternate between, like, feel good and depressing, and then it was over. <laughs> yep. That is kind of a documentary, though. Yeah, that, yeah. that is true. Those are documentaries for you. Uh, I don't know, this one... This one was weird just because of some of the strange things that they did for, like, storytelling elements. Like, I talked about the the surrealist parts, and mm -hmm. to be fair, this one, we uh, did not have to watch someone be interviewed while having dental work done. Yeah. Big, big plus, bonus. Big, big that plus, actually, now that, that you mentioned that. Ah, uh, man, it's making my decision harder. Yeah. <laughs> my teeth. Uh, yeah, that was a weird part. So, I don't know, this... This one I'm conflicted with, because there's a bunch of stuff I really liked how they did it, and then there's a bunch of stuff that it's kind of like, yeah, you could have done that better. Yeah, I mean, I, I like some of the... <clears throat> sorry. I like some of the animation moments. I think uh, if they His hadn't done thing. it... Yeah. <laughs> I think if they hadn't done it, they probably wouldn't have had as much to show, so it probably was a good yeah, decision. It, it would be interesting to see what it would be like without that, just because... Like, it does like... work as a framing device. Mm -hmm. Or having more of that with some of the stories that Rodney told. You know, the things that they couldn't get footage of. Yeah. Yeah, could you imagine him the driving animation? the car? Oh! Yeah, imagine the animation moment of him driving the car. I mean, at the very end, we get the <laughs> animation moment of when he was kidnapped from the mafia. And then they're driving down the road, and his buddy, he starts driving with his knees because he needs to roll a joint while yeah. they're driving. It's uh, Tiny Tim, Neil Cassidy, and, and Wavy, Wavy Gravy, Gravy just yep. hanging oh, out yeah, in was car, Wavy Gravy. driving around smoking joints and singing to Bing Crosby tunes. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, that's that, that was like an after, almost like they paused the credits. They started going, just like, oh wait, there's this one wait, story. A story. I should have told you this. Yeah, it's like they kind of forgot about it too when they were editing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, put that in there. <laughs> yeah, it's like that was a great way to end the movie. Mm -hmm. But they should have had more, more of interesting that. anecdotes yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think maybe that's something that could have made it better. Is if they had these weird stories like interjected throughout parts of yeah. his life, like oh, in you know nineteen seventy whatever. Look at this crazy story that happened. Yeah, maybe if there were like fifteen minutes extra of like 
just weird stories like that through, yeah but scattered throughout which, that's what i keep thinking 20 more a, minutes of that 15 20 mm-hmm. yeah change this documentary so much it would have been oh, a great yeah. use of that animation style just mm-hmm. like yeah. you know sprinkling that in uh having it be like all right now we're gonna do this little segment and back to the story <laughs> i would love that yeah the an animation of him <laughs> it's just this room full of pancakes <laughs> yeah that you're talking about. Just, a, just a bunch of Food that he ordered from the hotel. Oh, I have all these pancakes. Uh, can you get these people? <laughs> That's funny. It's so weird. Yeah, that, that would be entertaining. <laughs> oh, man. Tiny. Missed opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Definitely missed opportunity. That's almost how I feel about the whole documentary, actually. Yeah. But, so, so I think, I actually think our votes are going to be clear. I think so. I mean, we can start if we want to go straight to the yeah, rumble. Just... So should we cast Holly's votes and she had to yeah. leave? Yeah, I mean, if we need a tiebreaker. Well, we don't need a tiebreaker, I but think Holly, so. think I think she liked the Tiny Tim documentary more. So. Yep. And makes it, well, I will said. say, if I had to, if I had to, if I had the choice of whose music to listen to, I'd probably listen to Tiny Tim, because it's more, like, actual music. Not, it's not more that Daniel like Johnson's is it, but... It's very, you know, it's, I mean, it's interesting that he recorded it himself and all that and yeah, like home recording, but Tiny Tim would be, I mean, we listened to that whole album and it was like, all right, it's fine to have one on the background. I yeah. don't know what it would have been like to have a Daniel Johnston album on in the background. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in a <laughs> Maybe, week Maybe, so. yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> so want to know. buy one. Oh, wow. Is it the, the, <laughs> the main one? I, uh, yeah. I mean, that was that one also you? came with continued story. It was like a double album thing. So I was like, yeah. oh, I'll buy that. And Interesting. What it's... I really wanted was fun because they released fun, the 1994 album on vinyl. And I was like, oh, oh wow. wow. I okay. want this, but I also don't want to spend like 40, 50 bucks on Ooh, it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, if we're doing it, we're, we're doing the vote vote. I think I think we'll have to unless you want to talk about a certain no. Christmas classic. Yeah, I mean, well, I was going to say what got us hyped for we the Tiny Tim movie is uh, every holiday season you got to Well, I watched it last night and like it's a weird thing where I was chuckling at it, but like toward the last like thirty seconds of it, it just got me like laughing out loud. But it's because it just goes the right <laughs> amount of time where it becomes absolutely ridiculous. It's like three, I was yeah. like it's like four minutes, like three minutes long, but it's a. Uh, What's the actual title? It's Santa Claus has got the AIDS, the, the AIDS this, year. this year. Santa uh, Claus has got the, the AIDS this year. year. It's like a Christmas <laughs> song. About how Santa is not coming to town because he has AIDS he this has year. AIDS. Didn't he need a doctor to cure him? But they'll him. cure him. He'll be back next year. He'll be year. back next year. But yeah. it's just such a crazy... Was, like, and then the, the video itself <laughs> is just these random, like, cheap animatronic dancing Santas. Santas. Yeah, well, they're I think so that's, happy. I think that's just, just someone's Somebody random, made it because like, they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to make a music a video for Tiny Tim. Thing. to do this yeah oh that it's is so awesome weird. but yeah they but they didn't have it in the documentary at all yeah i was kind of waiting like when we first got here i'm like rodney is that is that that yeah, music well, video maybe. in the documentary like no oh it's too yeah. bad another missed opportunity yeah, yeah definitely a christmas classic to add to the list <laughs> well he talks about that on the howard stern show does he because um, no, howard stern's like that's a great song like you know it's a, obviously a joke as yeah. howard stern is one i do, i do think it's it's fun. It's fun because it's so absurd. Yeah, it is. It's like the experience of listening to Santa Claus has got the AIDS this year is like, what the hell? This is kind of funny. He's like, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's still going. It's still... <laughs> yeah, you get like the two minute mark, and you're like, it's it's How not is done. Still going? And then you get into the land of the absurd, where it just keeps going. It's like you can't yeah. handle. The That's when it got me. Like, like I said, it's the last thirty so seconds. Insane. Just I started cracking up. That's that's going on the holiday playlist. Mm-hmm. It's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah, going back to the actual rumble. More likely to listen to Tiny Tim. And I do like, uh, I mean, it's cool that he was, uh, you know, actually a fairly big hit for a while. Yeah. And it was it was definitely pretty depressing. But overall, I'll go with The Devil and Daniel Johnston because it tells a more complete story of his life. Yeah. So I like that, just to watch it, the journey of Daniel Johnston, you know. And, and it even had, like, old, well, because he recorded himself all the time. Yeah. So they're, like, old home movies and old recordings of his and stuff. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Okay, so we've got a vote for the devil and Daniel Johnson. Yeah, Mountain Dew. <laughs> Jana? Okay, uh, yeah, I'm kind of on the same page as Paul here. Like, if I'm comparing them as, like, music artists, like, I don't really know a ton about either of them, except for the experiences I've had here with you guys. Yeah. Uh, but I at least had heard some of Tiny Tim before, but I didn't know who it was, and don't know anything about Daniel Johnston other than the documentary, and I really want to get more of that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to these playthroughs that we're going to be doing at some point. Sounds good. <laughs> and um, yeah, but but the question isn't which artist I would rather listen to. It's it's which which, which film. film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the film is more important here. And you know the the Tiny Tim one really left me wanting, whereas the other one was complete. Daniel Johnston's story was his whole life. It had uh, everything include like the Crazy title is the devil and like by the end of the documentary I'm questioning myself like oh my god is the devil real Did the yeah. devil coordinate his career and the only thing that like f- helped him fight it off was his insane Christianity and writing mm-hmm. the fish all over the the, the, Statue, the of Statue of Liberty. You his, know, did, did Kurt Cobain wear his shirt because the, the devil, devil told, told him, him to? to? Maybe that's what happened to <laughs> Tiny Tim. Mm. I don't know. He got famous randomly. So. Yeah. Like, Could be. The, the Daniel Johnston story is so crazy that it makes the the devil made me do it seem plausible, plausible. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like for the for that reason more than anything else i think i have to vote for the devil and daniel johnston okay makes right. sense josh ah uh, this is hard because i have two different ways that i look at this the one is watching the two side by side i definitely want to know more about tiny tim yeah mm-hmm. versus daniel johnston but yeah. I think it's kind of cheating because a lot of the reason I'm intrigued to know more about Tiny Tim is because Rodney, Rodney filled us in tells on like us these stories. It's like so much wait, more stuff what? I didn't know about. Why isn't that in there? And trust me, that's like scratching the surface. <laughs> yeah. He he was on a um in the seventies he was on a game show. Really? Like just as a participant or was he a host or something? Oh maybe it was maybe it was early eighties. He was a part he was a participant. Huh. Just like randomly on one episode or something? Yeah. He was like a celebrity participant okay. for like Weird. some Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's a it's the show called Make Me Laugh, like Bob Saget. There's like these three comedians oh, okay. mm. that come up and then they just try to make someone laugh for like sixty seconds and if they hold out they get more money. That's the whole crux <laughs> of the thing. I think it's a not a great show. <laughs> but 
It's it's partly because it's three terribly unfunny comedians trying to get someone yeah. to laugh, and uh, Bob nah. Saget's the best of the three. My so. uh, my head immediately went to it somehow threw in uh, Batman Returns. And to make people laugh, Tiny Tim just goes and tries to bite Bob Saget's nose off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tiny Tim is the person not supposed, oh, he's not not supposed to laugh. laugh. But like right. the the thing is, like when you see that stuff, you see Tiny Tim, and it looks like he is trying to pretend like he's trying not to laugh. Yeah. Like he doesn't find any of this funny. But he also wants to be nice and pretend nice as so though pretending. Like, oh, I'm holding back the like, This is really weird experience. It's like Tiny clearly doesn't care. Like he does not think this is funny, <laughs> and neither did I. I was like, yeah, yeah Tiny, yeah. you're okay, my so. man. I love you, Tiny. <laughs> so he needs not just a you know full length documentary. He needs like a Tiny Tim mini series to cover yeah. all this. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Ten yes. episodes, Tiny Tim mini series. You ready to spearhead okay. that? So, so getting back to that. <laughs> there you go, Rodney. If your, someone, your passion project. If someone <laughs> gave me the money to do that, I would do it. But I don't think that's going to happen, so... Uh, okay, okay, so back back to mine. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's that with Tiny Tim. However, the documentary itself, I definitely felt it was disjointed and kind of all over... Glossing over interesting stuff. Well, and it didn't even really seem to merge very well and really necessarily draw me as much into the character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, That is Tiny Tim. Yes. So, narrative-wise, I I have to say that Devil and Daniel Johnston is better from that, but I'm drawn because I really, after this... I'm probably never going to look up anything about Daniel Johnston ever again. Go with the Tiny Tim one. You're <laughs> the like, Tiny Tim, I'm like, okay, so I got many... it at least. Yeah. I'm going to, at some point, I'm going to fall down a Google rabbit hole and yeah, maybe there... steal a book from Rodney at some point. There, there are many ways to look at the Daniel Johnston or Tiny Tim story, but with Daniel Johnston, it feels like a complete thing. Mm-hmm. As we're Tiny Tim, it's like, I need more of this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I, like... guess, I guess that's... A positive for the documentary, you see it and you're like, I need. To I want to know more about this. More yeah. as where you see the Daniel Johnson things, like I never want to see Gibby Haynes get his teeth worked on again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. So it, leaving you wanting is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Oh, this, the other thing that I think w- made the two movies hit differently with it is the Tiny Tim one also felt like, okay, here's this guy. He's weird. He's eccentric gets popular and then you kind of have to watch you know the downward spiral of his career which is sad uh devil and daniel johnston though watching that like it was cringe inducing for me because the whole time i'm watching this is like okay this is someone that is deeply mentally disturbed and it seems like everyone around him is poking him with the stick to produce mm-hmm. a musical product for them plus you you clearly did not like his music. Like, you were like, <laughs> yeah, I was having none of this. <laughs> I mean, not just other people poking him. Like, he was setting himself up. He mm-hmm. liked those crazy yeah, tragic stories. Yeah, he liked stories. to fail because that made him the A better suffering artist. artist. The silver I, sufferer. Yeah, I will say I will say that about Daniel Johnson is he never would have become in the situation to have people poking and prodding him if he didn't try so hard. Yeah, that is foremost. true. Like, forced his way on yeah. to MTV and stuff. 
So. So. I feel bad with this because it it's simply this. I'm going to have to. Oh, this hurts me. I'm going to have to give it to the Devil and Daniel Johnston, which I think is inferior in the character, everything. But as far as a movie and the flow of it, I think it is actually better. I mean, it's like a self-contained thing. You can watch that and yeah, you, you can more watch or less that the that. whole story. Yes. But I will tell you this. There is basically a very, very slim chance I'll ever watch that one again. <laughs> I cannot say the same thing about delving into Tiny Tim. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll... So you're you're voting for Daniel Johnson. Uh, yes, but I think it's partially against my will. The devil made you do <laughs> it. It is strictly from a technical standpoint. You need to the drink some Mountain Dew and get it. those demons out. Uh, apparently. I haven't had enough Mountain Dew. The demons are not know, influencing me enough. Mountain Dew. So... <laughs> Uh, if I, we'll put it this way, I love Tiny Tim. I love him clearly. Mm-hmm. I, I've got God bless Tiny Tim on vinyl. I showed the Vinegar Syndrome release of Blood Harvest on Blu-ray. As absurd as that may seem <laughs> to anyone who has seen that, um, I've got the, I've purchased the biography twice. Oh man, on book format which is how i read it and then i very uh not like not like three days ago but a little bit ago months ago listened to the audiobook version mm-hmm. of it too and then i own a couple more tiny tim albums i would own as much tiny tim as i possibly you could bring it on everything <laughs> i want all the tiny tim stuff i love it non-stop and I'm also fascinated by Daniel Johnston, but not in the same way. Tiny <laughs> Tim is uh, is the best. Daniel Johnston yep. is eccentric and interesting and does have good music, but it's all kind of mixed in with some not good music, too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. But as far as narrative structure is concerned, again, The Devil and Daniel Johnston is the far better movie. Yeah, King just... for a Day does not do Tiny Tim justice. I don't it's it's a nice starting point. Exactly. Well, it should be like this should I'll be episode it, one of his. I'll ten put part it to you series. this way: to prove my devotion to my choice, I just as we were recording, purchased the audible version oh, of the Eternal, Eternal Troubadour. Enjoy the voice of Tim Heidecker talking about Tiny Tim for like eighteen hours. I don't care. I have got to know more <laughs> about him just because he is in. Damn it, Rodney. Now well, he's in my head rent-free, too. Because I was going to say, Rodney gave us, like, a bunch more interesting anecdotes more than the movie did. Yes. <laughs> you know, what's really bizarre is as good as Eternal Troubadour is, because it's one of the best... It really is one of the best books I've read about a person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not everything you can oh learn about God. Tiny Tim. <laughs> it just keeps going okay yeah. so we need a like, mini series a encyclopedia set basically mm-hmm. i have <laughs> never run out of tiny tim stuff to see or look at or read it's insane well didn't that happen <laughs> when we were first like when we the night we listened to that album and i kept i would ask you questions and i'm like well what's what about this well and you're always like every question whatever i ask like uh that's kind of complicated yeah it's <laughs> like complicated. every question was complicated it is complicated because he had like 
other albums under a different name before Tiny Tim and stuff. Yeah, he had the yeah. Dairy Dover album. I think I was like, how many albums has he done? You're like, oh, that's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a bunch that he made that aren't released, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's not easy to answer that question. But that's how it was. Everything I asked about him it was always complicated. Yep, it is complicated. He's a complicated man and no one understands him but his woman, Miss hmm. Sue. So, <laughs> anyway, I like I liked seeing King for a Day finally because I was kind of anticipating this documentary for years. And that was cool and stuff. But the devil and Daniel Johnston is like a perfect narrative of all these mm-hmm. glorious highs and mm-hmm. glorious lows. It's like this just weird experience. Well, just the thing, like the whole like imagine if in that one they cut out the whole thing how he just ran off and joined the carnival, then got like knocked out and left in Texas, and the carnival moved on. Yeah. What if they just omitted that story and someone else was like actually an interesting thing there was you know the the way he ended yeah. up here is actually because he was in a carnival. So then now I'm wondering like how many interesting tiny tim stories where they, they left out so many Apparently oh, exactly <laughs> according to like i i believe you so it's it's so weird all of the stories but yeah i mean tiny tim i want more i want more non-stop daniel johnston i like him in doses mm-hmm. very very big fan of daniel johnston and doses and especially that movie so i'm voting for the movie too yeah daniel devil and daniel johnston <sighs> Yep, I think that's the way it has Pretty to much, be. Yeah. So it's mostly unanimous, except Holly liked Tiny Tim King yeah. for a day. And I think yeah. that's because she just... Likes Tiny Tim? Yeah, she doesn't... She does, does not, not like, like Daniel, Daniel Justin. <laughs> I know that. She has like a weird thing where she says she would really love Daniel Johnston if someone else did his music. And luckily for her, people other have. people have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got news for you. Yeah, I listened to Kathy McCarty's uh, oh, okay. album that where she covers. It's awesome. Okay, it's so that's cool. Good. You can buy it on Bandcamp right now. You can even buy a physical copy of oh, it. Oh, wow. That's very yeah. cool. Support Kathy. She's so cool. So, I'm voting for Daniel Johnston. Pretty much unanimous, the, minus Holly's the, ghost vote. The universally vote. perfect Mountain Dew ad yeah right? i think still it, waiting for that to come up that's part of it though i think it's the mountain dew song what about mountain dew song versus santa claus oh i don't, I don't know oh now that's a hard one <laughs> well i mean the santa claus that's really a seasonal thing you know i'll, I'll say <laughs> that i will actually give it to mountain dew because the yeah. santa claus the first the first time the first part of when you're watching it <sighs> You're just kind of like, what am I watching? And then it eventually goes on to the point where it becomes so ridiculous, it becomes funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go a little insane. Yeah, and the Mountain Dew is just, you're listening to it, and then all of a sudden, out of the yeah. blue, it just, and the demons, drink the Mountain Dew, go the demons. Ooh, out come the demons. Yeah. It's it's like real deterioration. Like, like that That song whoa, is a like pretty time. good yeah. representation of, of his, his mind. mind and psyche. Because he starts like, up like, hey yeah. guys, I really love Mountain Dew. They put me here because I love it so much. I love the Mountain Dew so, so here's much. the song I wrote about it. Da, 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 it's going on and then it devolves into demons at the end. Yeah. Like that song is <laughs> Daniel Johnston. Yeah. But, you yes. know, once uh, Thanksgiving's over, time to put up the Christmas tree, put on Santa Claus has AIDS this year. Has the AIDS. <laughs> got the AIDS this year. And then you can enjoy it until, I don't know, December 31st. Yep. After New Year's, it's no longer in fashion to listen to Santa Claus has the AIDS. 
I don't want to live in a world where those songs don't exist, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez, we need to find out if uh, Daniel Johnston has any Christmas music deteriorates that quickly. He has Christmas music. Ooh, all right. Is it, is it as good as the Mountain Dew... Maybe it's just me. I have this really terrible thing. I'm like, I want to see how many of his songs start off one way and end on a very different yeah. note after that. Yeah, oh, some of them do, but I, I don't know a lot about the Christmas song. I just know that he, uh, you know that song he's performing in the documentary, Don't Play Cards with Satan? Oh, Don't yeah. Play Cards with Satan, he'll do he'll you, do you a, bad a bad hand. hand. Yeah. yeah, that's on there. <laughs> okay. Well, an awful hand. Sorry, I actually wrote it down when we watched it, and I just saw it. What about uh, Tiptoe versus Casper the Friendly Ghost? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> people actually know the Tiptoe one. The Casper one's funny for the lyrics. Yes. <laughs> like, if you're not paying Tip- attention to the lyrics, I might not be like, eh, but the lyrics are very funny. <laughs> Casper is funnier, but... Uh... Tiptoe through the tulips is definitely the better. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, I probably agree with Holly, where like Daniel Johnston, I'd probably enjoy his music better sung by somebody else. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't mean that the songs aren't interesting. Uh, Tiny Tim, I think he's like a really good artist. Like his songs are really good. His voice is really interesting. Like yeah. his music is just like pretty, pretty sweet, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's really good. That's it. Sucks that it basically went unlistened to for the most part, other than God bless Tiny Tim. Mm. But yeah, Daniel Johnston. I don't know. Like something about Daniel Johnston, I really love whether or not his music is good or not. It is creativity run amok. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. like my favorite thing on that the is planet. True. Like, yeah. have you ever heard of this thing called Talis Lanta? Nope. Okay, a guy who used to work for Dungeons and Dragons decides to make his own. Uh, his own like setting and he just keeps making it things got like hundreds of fantasy races and it's just this big thing with like generations and thousands of years mapped out and it's just it's just pure insanity it makes no sense you can't read all of it and (laughs) ascertain everything there is to know about talislanta but it's perfect because of that. And that's yeah. how I feel about Daniel Johnson. It's like, you're never really going to get it all. It's so weird. You're probably going to hate some of it. It's just creativity run amok. And I kind of wish I had done that with myself all yeah. throughout my life. It's yeah. fascinating. There is there is something to that of him just... Go, nothing was ever off limits or second thought about with his music, his art, anything. It's just whatever comes up yeah either sing it or draw it or write it release it regardless of quality yeah quality be damned i will release everything there is (laughs) well well, to be fair this is also the guy who got on mtv by going up to one of the people going here's my cassette yeah we're not looking for talent no I, i just want you to listen to it i want people to listen to my music yep they're like okay you want to on TV? <laughs> yep. It's pretty bizarre. But that's... Uh, as Tiny Tim re-recorded a lot of stuff in the 70s and 80s that like, no one's ever heard of. It's hard to get. Some of it's been collected in various things. So there is a lot to see that also is in that same experience. Tiny Tim, much like Daniel Johnston, released things with reckless abandon. If mm. not 
how would Santa Claus has got the yeah, this year ever have been made? I can't believe that was released. The, the, the fact that that song exists and we have heard it just and proves that there's more accessible. things out there. Is yeah. Last night he's like, here's to get you hyped for tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, what is this? <laughs> what? And just... Yeah, oh, I mean, it funny. got a physical release. Oh, like, wow. That's so crazy. It's, it's insane. <laughs> Both of these people, they just released art for art's sake. Yep. It's so cool. <laughs> that's the way everyone should be. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I at yeah. least got a new Christmas song out of this. Yes. That is so. true. So Daniel Johnston's film is the winner. Tiny Tim is the yeah. better artist. And if Mountain Dew is smart, they'll get a new jingle out of this if they actually go back and listen. Gosh, yeah. Should just cover that song endlessly. Do different covers over and over of that oh, song. Oh, that Send so it to them over just and over. Keep saying, "You gotta do this song." Come on, do one. T the thing that's funny is nowadays you could do such a great ad blitz with it, mm -hmm. just because of the crazy ridiculousness of it. Yeah. Let's face it. We've seen commercials that have tried to be crazier, and it has just come out as nonsense. Yeah, it's just if some person's writing it, but this it's like you know. Let's just use what's there. It's genuine. Let's just cut up bits well, of it. New ad campaign. Well, and it yeah. starts off, like Santa was saying, it starts off coherent, and then there's just this violent right turn that you are not expecting. <laughs> and yes. So, there you go. Daniel Johnson's the winner. So, next time, yeah, we'll still we be in season time? two. Um, <laughs> we'll still be in season two. <laughs> Uh, we're, so, we're not doing a one episode season two that seems weird <laughs> next time it'll be season three yeah there is no season three we'll make a season four, season four. <laughs> and right. reference season three yeah and reference season three we'll, talk, we'll three. talk about verses that we did in season three that just never happened yeah. oh best season by miles <laughs> best season by miles so um would you rather do i think would you be into like horror films next time? Because we got to do something yeah, we, we gotta that's do less another insane than this, right? Well, yeah. So clearly, horror is the way to go. Because mm -hmm. I was thinking Are about we doing Blood Harvest versus something. No. Okay. <laughs> that would be great, but I, I just don't know what could go up against Blood Harvest. It's a cinematic <laughs> classic. But <laughs> I, I was thinking, you know, maybe horror movies. I, I also thought about beaver trilogy but i think we need a week in between yeah in between some documentaries oh, from what you showed me yeah we need we need <laughs> some recoup time that was that josh has yeah you showed me what trilogy. was that clip like a minute two yeah, minutes it was like a minute and a half he's like what the hell is this <laughs> what the hell is this thing you showed me more so that caused more than santa claus having the eights <laughs> i don't know man okay so horror uh Anything specific or just yeah? Are we gonna let people want me to spoil it? I can spoil I don't it. Know. I was thinking we would uh, do a bit of a revisit from our old episodes. Get some Stephen King in there. Ooh. Do some Carrie versus Firestarter. Oh, right. You mentioned yes. that. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. down. So yeah. That's that's what you have to look for. The return of to Steve King in a couple weeks. So until then, we've got to say, and everyone else will say it, not me. Adios. Au revoir. Au revoir. Contact us at rentalstorerumble at gmail.com for questions, comments, hanging out, or requests for an episode. You can find us on Facebook as rental.rumble, Twitter at rentalrumble, Instagram at rentalstorerumble, as well as on Slasher. 
and rentalstorerumble.blogspot.com. Check us out on all the podcast platforms as well as anchor.fm slash rental dash store dash rumble. Music by me and cover art by Gwyneth Anderson. Keep drinking that Tranya.